0: Howard from the Perdomo Cigar Studios on the Black Stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina, and broadcasting from the Alec Bradley Owenswood Studios of Azle, Texas. Welcome to Primetime Special Edition 145. Tonight, it's Cigar Coop's 13th anniversary, and we bring back uh, one of our dearest friends for the show, Mr. Matt Booth of Room 101. And as always, the Primetime Show is sponsored by Perdomo Cigars. Awarded Nicaraguan Cigar in 2014 by Cigar Journal, the predominant 20th anniversary brand has consistently earned the highest scores in the industry and its top seller in humanoids around the world. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary blend requires tobacco has been carefully hand-selected and are well-eased for a minimum of eight years. Perdomo 20th Anniversary is offered in three distinct wrappers. A smooth, creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut, a rich, earthy Cuban Seed Nicaraguan Sun Grown, and a dark, oily Cuban Seed Nicaraguan Maduro. Combining these beautifully bourbon barrel ease wrappers with thick high-priming binder and filler tobaccos gives each blend a balanced complexity with layers of rich flavors and smooth, elegant aromas. Perdomo Cigars are family owned and operated company headquartered in Miami, Florida, with manufacturing and agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Perdomo's highly acclaimed cigar brands include the Perdomo Double H 12 Year Vintage, Perdomo 20th Anniversary, Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary Line, Perdomo Abano Bourbon Barrel Age, Perdomo 23, Perdomo Menso 70, and many more. For great tasting notes and pairing information, check out the Perdomo website at www.perdomocigars.com. And of course, we want to mention JRE Tobacco. The authentic Corojo leaf is one of the most robust and flavorful tobacco leaves out there. During the Golden Age of cigars of Cuba, the leaf of choice that make some of the world's greatest cigars. Because it is one of the most challenging ones to cultivate, it fell out of favor by the 1990s. In the Hamastron Valley and Halduras, Julio R. O. took on the challenge of growing Corojo from the original seeds. and In 2000, he successfully reintroduced authentic Corojo back to the market. With over fifty years' experience in the tobacco business, from growing and curing tobacco to cigar production, the Jerry Tobacco Farm has been able to continue to deliver products to market with authentic Carajo. Now, with Jerry Tobacco Hunas, and Justo bring their very own brands to market. Each contain the authentic Carajo leaf. Aladino is available in a wide variety of blends, including the latest release, Aladino's first limited edition, the Aladino Limited Edition. Each represent the Golden Age cigars from 1947 to 1961. They're available at your local retailer. Be sure to ask for Jerry Tobacco, a legacy that is tasted in every drawer. And, of course, we want to mention Tobacco USA, makers of iconic brands such as Monte Cristo, Romeo Julieta, H. Upman, and Aging Room cigars. Tobacco USA, great things are happening here. And, of course, we want to mention our friends at Drew Estate. Dark, bold, and unapologetic, Black & Cigars M81 by Drew Estate is an intense journey into the uncharted, deepest, and darkest, and heaviest depths of Maduro tobacco. This is a masterpiece collaboration between Metallica's James Hetfield, Sweet Amber Distillion's Rob Dietrich, and Drew Estate's Jonathan Drew. The all Maduro Black & Cigars M81 by Drew Estate is rich and powerful, but beautifully balanced off on tantalizing notes of leather, chocolate, and espresso that's perfect for both life celebrations and times of reflection. You can find them at your Drew Diplomat Retailer. And remember, all the Primetime live streaming is sponsored exclusively by Drew Estate, as well as the California Studios for the Thursday Primetime Show. Well, Welcome, everybody. This is Primetime, special edition 145. Today is Tuesday, August 15th, 2023. This is Will Cooper. I am here in the Perdomo Cigar Studios. And I'm joined uh, by my good friend and colleague in the Alec Bradley Star Studios. Mr. Bear, do pussy.
1: Uh, congratulations, Coop. This is a big moment. This is a big moment. Yes, sir. Um, I am so I'm so proud to be a part of the show in general. Normally, in most cases, let's call it that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is this is a big op- this is a big moment for you and happy anniversary. Thirteen years. Thirteen years. This is. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I, I mean, did, how okay how does it feel in what way does it feel the same i'll ask the non-traditional question and say like what feels different in what ways does it feel the same
0: as when i started yeah it's hot outside and i'm still smoking cigars is what it feels the same and it's just because i remember you know this whole thing started in new orleans uh at that trade show when i was there as a buyer that year um and it was extremely hot and it's just today i was traveling back from florida and that heat really did remind me of that heat in new orleans because it was very humid down in florida so it was kind of it did feel the same down there and you know having a cigar in the humidity is it's a memorable experience but i don't necessarily want to put a positive spin on that so um and you know i gotta remember 13 years ago i was there as a buyer i was just there documenting my uh what my i saw at the trade show uh we walked to cafe du Monde. And I got an iced coffee because it was so hot. Yeah. It's a decaf, if you notice, because I didn't want to have um caffeine in that heat. And um, I got the impetus to write about that trade show. And it probably if it wasn't for that trip to Cafe de Monde, I don't know if I would have gotten the impetus or not, but I did. And uh, I am drinking an iced coffee uh, here today. So, it's the
1: only fucking good thing decaf coffee has ever
2: done. Right. Coffee.
1: It's no give the it, it bore it, it. Born the idea and the concept of cigar coupe decaf coffee is responsible for cigar coupe. And yeah. it's the only fucking good thing it's ever done.
0: Yeah. In now, its we, existence. now we it's have beautiful. a pro No, appreciate Now we have a problem. Okay. Because we are going to be in yeah. New Orleans in 2025, which will be the 15th close to the 15 year anniversary and I wanted to do something down
1: there. I'm not drinking decaf coffee with you. Coop, well, no, that, we have a bigger our, problem than
0: that. Our, our friendship has limits. We have a bigger problem than that. We have a bigger problem. Okay. Ben, Ben so. will not go to cafe du monde. So we're going to have to figure something out. I so I think we'll, uh well, I basically what I'm going to do to Ben is Ben. I want to do something to celebrate the 15 years. As long as there's coffee involved with it, you figure okay. out where we're going to go and we'll do it. I mean, I think that, that will be the compromise. Uh, and I think Ben will make it so I think that's what I'm gonna put on Ben to do that but Ben will not go to cafe Dumont he is Ben he is not. Lee,
1: New Orleans own son won't go to the tourist trap that is cafe Dumont
0: yeah he okay won't. he won't Fair um enough. yeah Fair um enough. but no it was like I said it was a um it, you know it it's and we're gonna have, we're gonna I'm gonna bring Matt in a second and I want to give him a, a, a rightful introduction because you know I went into New Orleans. Like I said, I was a buyer. I had maybe met a few people in the industry who had come into uh, the old Outland Cigars. And I do want to give Tom Cacadelos, who owned Outland Cigars, a thank you, because he did have enough faith in me to take me as a buyer. Um, And this would not have started if it wasn't for him with with that opportunity. So I I am grateful for that opportunity. Um, And like I said, but I did not know anybody going into this trade. I did not know what I was going to expect. Um, I lots of free samples, right? Because that's what everyone goes to the trade show for, right? Exactly what it's for. And, uh, I wasn't even a media guy that first year. That's the important thing to note. I wasn't a media guy. Um, I was a media guy the second year I went as a media guy. So I kind of was, I kind of came out of that thing and I'm like, the, the you know, and why I wanted to write about it is because Dum Dum Me didn't take a video camera right that year, like you would think, because because it would have been cool to, to video that whole show floor, right? But Dum Dum Me didn't take a video camera, that's why I said, when we write about it, it's the next best thing. Okay. Uh, and I wrote about it, the article sucked, the photography was atrocious, but people read it. I, I couldn't figure it out, <laughs> so since so there were some improvements that were made along the way, so all, all right. right. Yeah. Well, congrats, Coop. So, thank you. So, hey, let's bring in our our really special guest here because he was one of those first people I met at that 2010 trade show. Um, and Magic had, Reborn. And you know, we were talking. We we uh, we were talking, and bear I said Barry, we have this show coming up, and we did. We didn't get to see Matt. We didn't get to do a video interview face to face with Matt. Booth. Yeah. So I said, let's invite him for this show. And Matt, we 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 zoom. We did a zoom with Matt. Kind of doing all the trade show stuff, but as far as this night, we said, uh, I think Matt is really the guy that needs to be on here. So uh yeah. without further ado, let me introduce uh Matt Booth of Room 101 to the Primetime Special Edition show. Matt, welcome to Primetime once again.
3: Thirteen years, thirteen earth years of William Cooper and Cigar Coop. I couldn't be more elated. To be invited to share this moment with you and Bear. That's dope, bro. Good job. This. My son Matt, is digging rocks out of the backyard. It's very I, important. I, I, yeah, no. Oh, you know, I'm going to pull
0: but, this picture up, Matt. But this you. Was, there was me and you at that first trade show. Look at that.
3: Oh, my God. So that's the you, suit that I took to my dry cleaner with blood all over it. So at one point. I had. More hair, it and, was Matt had, and Matt
0: had less hair.
3: That's true. Matt had and, less hair. That was,
0: and you that's know, correct.
3: Yeah, that's correct. So Matt, look at Matt, us. Look at us. Oh my god. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a commercial for like, uh, like cell service in like Uruguay or something. Look at that. Couldn't you see someone advertising a product with that? I mean, more so for Coop. You know, Absol- absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, god, what is that? A lanyard? Is it, it's hanging down. That's my that's dome. my camera. Oh, that is my che- that, that is my
0: a... that is my cheap camera oh, yeah. that I got.
3: Basically. Oh it's my like... god! You look twelve. You look fucking twelve years old, Coop. I just really? enlarged that. Look at that.
0: Yeah. It. The, it. Of course. When I say the pictures were bad, the resolution is not great man, on this photo. So that is how. Like I said, when I said the photos were bad, I I did not go there as a media person that year. But that that's that suit is absolutely sensational
3: though. oh Matt was cool Are those Matt Jinko went- jeans is he wearing Jinko jeans no they're pleated they're pleated they're, they're pleated. Pleated. I was wearing Jinko jeans yeah yes of course they're pleated you know they're pleated Matt. bro so
0: Matt had room- the room 101 tell me Matt had a booth within a booth he was in the Camacho booth and and bear Camacho wasn't even part of the Davidoff booth that year so right. Camacho had their own booth and Matt had his booth within a booth there and, uh, mm-hmm. that, that's that correct. Is, yep. That is. And so it, like I said, we, uh, this was like, if you want to say this was true room 101, 1.0 at that trade show,
3: yeah. that's correct. Yep. And, and both of us Matt and coop effectively right there, Matt booth and William Cooper 1.0 as well in this business.
0: Yeah. And it's and not even
3: of- 1.0. Maybe it was 0.01.
0: This was our first face to face meeting.
3: And mm-hmm.
0: um and you know Matt Matt, you I mean I'm just I'm gonna say you, you were so yeah, nice we, we embraced
3: shortly after that. You were because, so nice to it, because me because I, I had no cred
0: I, I went into this booth, keep my no credentials. I went into this booth, right? I'm just a buyer, like like basically looking the right checks and stuff like that. But but somehow I was like, you know, but Matt still took a lot of time to to get to know me and educate me about his brand and stuff and you know, just uh, look at my look at my pleats on my pants and stuff like that. I admired his mm-hmm. suit. Very I mean, fascinating.
3: It, was, it was
0: really, very really good. Yeah. So I'm gonna. I'm I've always whole... found
3: Coop to be tantalizing.
0: Absolutely. So Barry, so, as, you, as you very well understand, of course.
1: But so like you know. Matt, so like, take. Let's go back to just your experience at this particular trade show. So like, yes. This is a great meeting, like between the two of like. I mean, it, in, in a lot of ways, it was it was very much somewhat in the somewhat beginning for you, very beginning for him, in this business. I mean, this is, I mean. In, in the grand scheme of things, it's not a long time ago, but in the, in the, the spectrum of a lot of things, it's, it's, it's ancient history in a lot of ways. But like, like what, when, again, I'll ask the question that I asked Cooper at the top here, like what hasn't changed? What hasn't changed about the pain you and
3: you and the cigar business at this point? The pain, the pain, the pain. No, that's not true. I was being overly dramatic. The drive and determination. The hunger and the appreciation for the business. Of course, that appreciation has swelled, and Cooper, as you can imagine, become more and more engorged over the years. But even at that time, I was very smitten and very much deeply in love with the business, you know, uh, and excited for quite frankly, whatever was to come, which I also still am because we are far from done here, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm still, uh, you know, at the time I was very grateful um, to be there and always very grateful, uh, you know, A, the reason that that Coop remembers that we took uh, so much time together was because I tried to take as much time with everyone as humanly possible because yep. I simply just appreciated the fact that people were interested enough about, had enough interest in my brand to take the time to talk to me. And I was grateful for that, you know, uh, it wasn't lost on me. And to this day still isn't. And that's another thing that hasn't changed and there many, many things have changed as you sure. know. I mean, we've, we've all on this show, quite frankly, grown up a lot in this business together, mm-hmm. you know, yep, yep. Yeah. um, and gone through a great deal of ups and downs either together separately, but side by side in the same obscure cast of characters in some way. Right. But I think uh, I think gratitude was present then and is still today, and uh, hunger and excitement for what was to come, and uh, you know, look at that though. Well, yeah. I th- I think what's he had really no like, idea the sledgehammer that was going to befall his testicles. Well, I, Not Cooper.
1: I think that this like what you were talking about though, like just a couple seconds ago. Like it really it really shines a light on on, on the, the essence of what we talk about all the time. In this show or privately in conversation or whatever, which is about, you know, how this industry it really is like the great equalizer. Like, if you think about our three, the, our three backstories, right? I mean, we're three completely, mm. completely different individuals. I'm drawn to you, uh, you know, I'm my initial drawing to you is obviously the cigars, the, you know, the, the, the new approach you took to the cigar industry, the edge that you have. But also, I mean, the connection that I have with you, Matt, you know, goes to the fact that, you know, uh my father's a veteran and, you know, and 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 you are a veteran. So like that's one mm-hmm. of the one of the mm-hmm. initial points of it. But I mean, um, you know, you're you're a former US Marine. Coop and I have never touched the military other than my beyond my <laughs> my father. Um, but you guys have your uh his dad was a great collector of cars. You like you have love, you have a love of cars. Mm-hmm. There's like this, like this really mm-hmm. like vent this beautiful Venn diagram that is like our little trifecta here, which is, is really great. There's so much that's outside the commonality that make us up as individuals, uh, but there's so many things that overlap that make us like that have kind of drawn us together as like as a as a you know as a you know, group of great friends, I think, which is
0: nice. Yep. So, I'm gonna actually well, get Bear, to Okay, oh, good, go man. Oh,
3: yeah, no, no, go ahead. Interrupt, Coop. It's your show. No, no, it's your I show. Want, I don't, it's your 13th want, year.
0: No, I want to talk about it, but I don't want to forget something because Bear needs to light okay, up. Okay, go. I, I really do. Light- I really fucking so, ne-
3: so, Bear has to light wasn't up. Wasn't Bear star. just smoking? You just want him back to back just chief him down? Or, no, I don't have. Weren't you just no. smoking? No, he no, wasn't. Sh- so bro. the idea
0: is you're going to oh, pick what he's smoking. Was you're going to pick what he's smoking. I'm smoking the room around 12th anniversary. So I'm thinking of your 12th.
3: Bro, uh, I was just about bro. to smoke that next Cooper. There you go. There you go.
1: Well, well, mm. unlike you guys, I like to be on theme. So one of your choices, Matt, to choose from. I have four cigars. Right. I like to be on theme. So one of them is of course uh the stinky pink the 13th anniversary the 13th, because this is bro. this is the 13th anniversary, the 13th. I, I do have 14th anniversary cigars available as well. Uh, I, have, I have a Johnny Tobacco nut. I got one of those too, yep. And, and then, then I have I have the uh Payback Connecticut as well in the I was trying to see yeah. which size this was. Mm. This mm. yeah.
2: mm.
3: So what am I mm. what am I lighting nice. up?
1: What am I lighting up first, Matt?
3: Bro, the stink of the pink.
2: <laughs> it was a little Just obvious. Let's get but, down to
3: business,
0: bro. Yeah, let's do it.
3: Love this. Get into it, bro. We're
0: talking
2: get about it this. into
3: you. I love it so much. I yeah. smoke through mine. Yeah. I, I think, think I, that's got, a, I got.
0: I got three
1: left after this.
3: I, I think that's I, a commonly shared uh, situation amongst many smokers that afforded themselves the opportunity to have that cigar. Yeah. Absolutely. I know. I smoked all of mine. Fuck. It was a good cigar. It wasn't thing. bad, Coop.
0: It no, wasn't I mean, bad. It, it didn't. it was in words. Uh, well, we're gonna quote. Uh, it didn't suck. It didn't suck. It didn't
3: suck. It didn't suck. Yeah,
0: but uh, it didn't suck. Yeah. So I interrupted you, know, you guys, and I don't know whether I interrupted you guys, but I did. Cause... No,
3: no, man. I mean, see, I was you wanted just, to make I sure was... I was smoking. This is a good. I thought make sure Bear was. That's smoking. correct. I mean, responsible. You know, you know, true to the game. Get the get the combustion going in your in your mouthpiece, Bear. You know, I was just kind of going to kind of riff further off of what Bear was saying about this obscure level of connectivity um that we've all kind of encountered as a byproduct of being active in this industry right And it doesn't really matter if you're on the sales side, uh, brand owner side retail side like there's this this uh this shared energy right and I've always kind of as the years have gone by I've always felt like this industry and this space is kind of like a little like a beacon you know, Pulsating and undulating, if if you may, you know, undulating and, and beckoning people towards it that somehow share similar frequency, because I've met, you know, I've been through a whole lot of shit over the years, you know, uh, in my business and and prior to that and and whatnot, and you know, even in the military, you know, you you become very close to the people that are by your side. I I believe later they've they've uh, named that trauma bonding. But uh, I mean, and, and honestly, in many ways, shapes and forms, no different in this business, but I can I can confidently say that I've made some of the very, very best friends and deepest uh, connections with people of, of my life as a byproduct of being a participant in this humble cottage yep. industry we call the premium cigar sector. And, and uh, you know, um, and I think that that's, you know. Someone may illustrate that differently. They may put it into their own words, but I think that that sentiment would ring true, um, you know, across the board. I, I don't think you would find many people that would challenge that. Uh, you know, as as one of the one of the 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 finest benefits of being a participant in this business, in this world, you know? And yeah. that's ultimately one of the things that le- led me to falling deeply in love with this was, you know, we all like cigars, man. That's why we're here, mm. you know, but the community and the culture is what I fell very deeply in love with. And then, you know, so much respect and adoration for the the product and the uh, uh, the legacy Of of the product and the and and just being able to develop what was ultimately meant to be my my tribute to cigars in brand form, which is Room One Hundred One. It's kind of how I express my love to cigars, right? And and to our our people.
1: Matt, there's a there's a question I've wanted to ask you for, uh, you know, I I I don't don't know why Uh, we've had so many great conversations, but it.
3: Yeah, so why why there do there. we have unasked questions mm-hmm. there? Yeah. I
1: know, I know you figured but maybe it's because I I can I have an unending supply of questions, but I have had the, this one in the till for a while. Possible? Um tell me. You've got one in stock? There's a so there's a different type of consumption from the the the, the two main businesses. Obviously, you have the uh, the spirit piece too, but like I want to focus on jewelry and cigars. Shift yeah. The, for, uh, for for this perspective, like that's two types of consumable goods. There's got to be a sense of, there's obviously a sense of pride when you see someone wearing a piece of jewelry that you designed, and and likewise there's a sense of pride when you see someone smoking a cigar that you blended or created. And
3: hundred one percent.
1: What is a more lingering effect on you sharing a cigar with somebody or presenting that custom piece to somebody that you've
3: designed something for you know man i don't know that it's fair to run a direct comparison because, because both they're, they're are, too different they're, they're they're different they're they're both very these you're both describing you're describing two things that are that carry a very powerful significance and that resonate very deeply with me um yeah, when someone, you know, when I deliver a, a custom piece that I've built collaborative, collaboratively with a client and they put that on for the first time and they, uh, you know, they realize that piece on their body, um, I feel proud. I feel proud. And I, I'd love to see them absorb it and and get comfortable with it, you know, and and them begin to enjoy it physically as I've enjoyed making it for them. Uh, through the process, you know, um, and to share a cigar. I mean, look, man, if you want to get very deep into the into the guts here, bear, which I know you do, you're, you know, the media and you're asking. I mean, I, I've never questioned for a second. You know, after I became familiar and aware of the level of connectivity that sharing uh, a cigar with another human being provided. You know, there was never a question in my mind why the peace pipe contained tobacco. You know why these why these rituals right. involved the the sitting and the absorbing of the moment via this conduit of smoking tobacco. It's like you know a, like a, a a line of electricity to the soul in some weird way, right? Um, and so, same but different, bear, right? That is my answer. Deeply impact, deep impact. Yeah, you know, spiritual level, but I'd say very different. How's that for an answer? It's beautiful.
1: I I I can't imagine. I I smoke it. There you go. I can't imagine the experience for Sam. That's why I think it's. (laughs) It's why it's. I think it's why I wanted to ask it. You know, it's just, it's Mm -hmm. that's something that I've had the opportunity to. I've, I've, I've enjoyed smoking cigars with you and I've, I've enjoyed that experience so much. And I know that, you know, like we had the opportunity to sit down with John Huber Mm -hmm. at PCA and he he was, he was wearing a a recent piece that you had made for him and it caught my attention. And I, like, I was saying it out loud as he was about to say it, as as he said it, he beat me to it though. He said said that you made it. And I was like, I was mm-hmm. about to say that god damn it um and but I, I was instantly recognizable and um what I what I've noticed about a lot of the people that have 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 jewelry of yours is they 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 wear they wear it with such such pride and such like to your point to like deep connectivity mm. to it which is I mean whether you know Not knowing that, not necessarily knowing the depth of their personal relationship with you, Matt. But like, I think that that, I think that the the love and dedication that you've put into all of your, you know, all of your vocations, like, really, you know, I think it 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 obviously shines. Is was this the point I was trying to make? So,
3: I'm honored, Matt. You know what's cool about that piece, and these things happen, just like many of the directions I take with the marketing and the dress of our cigars and you know i i could go down the wormhole here but that piece specifically if we wanted to hyper focus for a second that piece was an evolved design from the scaling and proportion was different than something i would have made five to ten years ago right it was Mm -hmm. a little more sleek yet still bold and and it and by the way it fits Uh, Mr. Huber's flange very, very finely, I might add. It was actually, dare I say, you know, as close to perfect as you could get for him. And that cigar, right, is also an evolution for him in his journey and his business. The cigars he's making today are not the cigars that he was participating in making 10 years ago and so on and so forth. Right. So organically and, and I might say cosmically, you know, that piece fit him now yeah here and now in this moment and you know i think that I'm, i mean i'm honored that that someone would have pride to to wear one of my pieces and, and honestly select you know to have me make something like that for them you know the the thing that there's all, i've always fancied about pieces like that is like so that was to commemorate a product release for him that's like a, a tent peg in the sand of time cosmically for him too Like he got that, he commissioned me to make that. I made it for him. He wore it at the show when they launched that product. And, uh, and that piece, although Mr. Huber, if you're listening, you take immaculate care of yourself. I'm, I'm, you know, I admire the self-care and, you know, probably a very, very low carb diet at this point. Clearly Um, he could probably be like, you know, modeling, you know, some, some undergarments for Abercrombie at this point, you know? uh with his sculpture you know that is his his living carcass but that re- even with that level of self-care you know that piece will outlive him physically yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah no i
1: think that's what's uh i i think that's what was you know to your point was like really poetic about it is it captured it captured a moment in 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 his personal history as, as well as mm-hmm. his
3: company's history too yeah. you know yeah so. yeah man and a lot of that wasn't planned he said hey here's the logo can you make me a piece for this new project? And a lot of that emotion came through in the final design. I mean, I'm not going to say thoughtlessly because everything is thought out, but it wasn't like I sat down and said, I have to scale and proportion this piece so that it's bold, yet it's reflective of this period of John Huber's life. It's just kind of like certain things like this, because I've known him longer than I've actually been in this business. It just comes naturally in the process.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yep. Sorry, could We went we went. We went down some uh philosophical road here. We're just enjoying we're in we're basking in the glow of your 13th anniversary. No, here.
0: no, this is good. Yeah. I wanted to you know this is kind of good. This is in fact what I was gonna ask is kind of along these lines. It's, it's, kinda, good. it's Matt, kinda, kinda good. It's kinda good. Yeah. We're, we're gonna, gonna go, that, we're gonna have t, t-,
1: t-, 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 t- yeah. shirts made.
0: Matt, yeah. we're kinda good. It's kinda good. Is good. Is it's kinda good. Did you like when you came out with your and we're gonna talk about some of your cigars along the way, but yeah, when you came out with that first cigar, did you envision that, like, 14 years later, I mean, you've got to have over 100 blends you've released into the market and a lot of small, but did you ever envision it was going to be that? Or did you just always envision, I'm going to have one or two cigars and, you know, hey, that's going to be my lifestyle brand. Because I see a lot of people, they do a lifestyle brand, they're they're happy doing one cigar, maybe two cigars, that's it. But you've, I mean, I got to it has to be over 100 blends you've done you've done a lot of small batch stuff that's why
3: oh yeah man and i mean it's actually a really good question man because i remember starting out i remember feeling you know that i i was i was dead set on having a premium cigar as a component or a pillar of uh, the offerings in my lifestyle collection right, right? Yep. my my brand you know yep. um i vividly remember okay So I vividly remember standing in, uh, uh, Mike and Cody Hitchell, Tennessee, and they had a, you know, the selection of what room One Hundred One cigars was at that time. And we're in store to do a promotion for them and meet the consumers and all that. And, uh, that was really one of many nucleus. Uh, it was a nucleus of activity for us at that time. And I remember fixating on that, on that little display, you know, of, of, five to six facings of this product. And I remember looking at the shelves and seeing Dion's brand. It was so cohesive and so, so intelligently thought out, you know, and, and thinking like, wow, like, could I, I could imagine, like, would it be possible someday to like have a, an entire shelf of products that are mine in a store like this? Like it was almost unthinkable at the time, you know, Mm -hmm. but what, what a beautiful dream at the time, you know, and, and, Um, I also remember, you know, being, uh, you know, not overwhelmed, but definitely aware of the fact that, you know, at the time I was the youngest participant in what was becoming a new segment of the market. And at the time, you know, I was the new guy and I remember thinking, you know, you know, Pete's long since established, you have guys like Jonathan Drew, of course, it's not really fair to, to compare Jonathan, because Drew Estate was already this, this beautiful unicorn of an animal is very different from anything else mm-hmm. out there. It's like its own planet orbiting, you know, orbiting the cigar business, very, very majestically, of course. And you had John Huber, and you had several, several guys, Dion was very well on his way firing on all cylinders. And I just thought, you know, maybe I'm a little late to the party. But I'm going to do this my way, right. true to my brand, and I would like this. You know, this is authentic to me and authentic to my brand. And so, you know, I'm going to I'm going to do, as my son says, I'm going to do my best. And you know, years later, uh, and quite frankly, not too many years later, if I was to stop and take a look back over my shoulder, uh, I was no longer not only no longer not the new guy, but there are many many people behind me. You know, and that's when I started to realize, like, hey, I was part of a cast of characters that was literally carving out a new segment of this market with a new style and a new direction, and I was uh, an active and authentic participant in that cast. Yep.
1: But I mean, then then there you go. I mean, that goes to like that goes to the point we've brought up this several times. I, I go back to this. I I think one of the great Kodak moments snapshots in our industry's history Mm. is that cigar press cover that you were on and like to your point like you were mentioning people right Right, exactly so you mentioned like all these people and you're like oh am i late to the party and a couple short years later you're actually at the cool kids table um and and not and not not as a guest matt like that you're you're a part of that club you're a part of that fraternity that that uh you know that that Segment of of cigar history belongs to the group of you in a in in a, in a, in a large way. So, and that's that that's yours, and no one can ever take it away from you guys. Which is it's that's beautiful, you know.
3: I was at that photo shoot, fully geeked. I was literally involved in a photo shoot with these guys that I had become friends with uh as a byproduct of being active in the business. But I was also a fan of all of theirs, you know. And and you know I was. A party to that you know and uh that's also never lost on me you know um i'm grateful for it i was grateful for it then i'm grateful for it now
0: we're grateful too
3: very much so i'm grateful for you cooper absolutely seated pants no shoes you know look why don't you why don't you why don't you kick your feet up? Why don't you I put did, one of your feet did. up on the? Oh, I why don't see. you put one of your feet the, up? On the the, 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 you, the, goal, the goal. I can't actually why don't you, with the backdrop. Why don't you I can uh, It's my birthday yesterday. There are a lot of feet oh, pics the, the, dude, <laughs> the black why socks. You, why don't you peel that? Uh, peel that sock off real quick. Let's. See. We're not. We're not. No, we're not doing it.
1: No. No. There. no yeah. We, we, yeah. No. Even Bear says
3: no.
0: Listen. You don't want to see
1: that, man. I've been there. Listen. Listen. It's like you know, like
0: there's a reason why people don't want to see Al Bundy's feet. You know. I, I noticed people, I know. Look, I notice people with foot fetishes, Matt, and I know you're probably one of those guys. My feet are not gonna make make uh, just fetishes. bask
1: the glory that Coop still makes gold toe socks look legendary. That's yep. what I'm gonna go with.
3: Yeah. No, it's it's all, very okay. presumptuous, yeah. by the way. He thinks yeah. that I'm into that. I just asked you to show me a little something. It doesn't mean I'm into it.
0: You know. <laughs> no, you're, into, uh-huh. it. you're, huh? into, it. you're <laughs> into
4: it. You're into it. You're into it. Come on. <laughs> you're <into> it. Oh! <laughs>
3: Uh Matt. Well, fuck it, man. tell me, tell me, Bear. What's the same for you, Bear Inquisitor Extraordinaire? We had him for a bit. We had him a bit roped in, Bear. It's <laughs> it's fine. I dude, this this is you had me roped in. At what point was I roped? You had me. Are you saying you had the booth contained? Is that we what had you saying? We had you contained, uh, yeah.
1: Matt, is under an illusion. It's fine. Just let it roll. <laughs>
3: just awesome. let him. Just let him have that one. Just let him. That's what you're that's saying. Fine. Yeah. Just let him have it. Okay. That's yeah. cool. I, I, got, I got one. So, yeah, you, but you won, Cooper. It's your day. I, I
1: think. Day. Well, I think what's really great. We're all so Matt. So Coop's got actually. The, he he's already mentioned one of those, like your initial release and everything, and he's got this really segmented, really well. Because I, I think, I, uh, Coop, I'm sorry to peel the curtain back a oh, little. Oh, you're bit, good. But you're this, good. This, this is. Like, again, he, like he mentioned, there's there's hundreds of blends, but he he's kind of captured 13 releases that kind of really have shaped your career, you know, starting from that initial one to, okay, you know, basically okay. this year. So the, this, this the of, and
0: there'll be some peaks and valleys in AMC. And, yeah, what we wanted to do is kind of because, Matt, I've been on this journey with you, I feel yeah. like, from day one. I think and Bear has, you. too. we yeah. followed your career. No and there's been a lot of things that you have done. From an innovation standpoint, definitely from a creativity standpoint. And I'm sure there's lessons learned in some cases. And uh, I think there's you know more to be done. So I think it will foster some good discussion. I'm sure it'll, you'll put your unique spin on it as
3: well. Hmm. You think now. All right, let's have at it. All right. So we're going to go down the the majestic thirteen here. Is that what look, we're gonna I picked?
0: I picked thirteen. Barry, you if you want to add any along the way. I thought uh, this list so, was
3: actually perfect. So yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's a uh, but. Let me start off, Matt. And I know this is a cigar that you might want to forget about, but I I still think it's important for what you've done. And that's the original Room One Hundred One cigar. When I mention mm-hmm. that, what comes to your mind on that? I know it's Disaster. a cigar you probably want to
3: forget about. No, you know what, man the beginning it was the beginning man a lot of phenomenal lessons tethered to the launch of that product yeah but look man i had a lot to learn i had a lot to learn about cigar making yeah and i had a lot to learn about the industry and that was the initial shuttle that brought me in to begin my study
0: It, it it was uh you know and it was your it was your eponymous is that the word they say right there eponymous
3: Eponymous? you say whatever the fuck you
0: want (laughs) what do they call it self self like self self you know the same name as you know it was just the room 101 cigar
1: well yeah i mean it it was it was was,
3: the room 101 cigar yeah
1: yeah it was the like i mean it was this i mean you can draw it to so many metaphors it was the biography it was the uh the self-titled album yep you know it you know it's you know you put you know you you put all in again to mix another metaphor, you put your chips on the table and shoved them all in the metal. Yeah. Know, that, so.
0: Yeah. What well, you, you, Matt, there was, high ex, there were high expectations on that cigar.
3: Oh, I it mean, was crazy. Were, right? It was
0: because this was a big well, deal when this was getting launched. I remember this.
3: Yeah. Look, dude at that time. And this is something that is conceptually alien now, completely complete foreign concept, yeah. uh, uh, you know, to, to the business today. Right. To launch a new brand, was a really big deal. The launch of a new cigar was something that was, was, you know, in the chatter sphere throughout the entire industry, you know, that, that cigar and the, and the entree uh, of our brand into the industry was, was talked about. And, you know, it's interesting as I get to know more and more people, you know, I get to capture a little bit of their perspective from that time through their lens. And, you know, because I was focused on what I was doing, you know, Meanwhile, everybody was watching, you know, along with whatever else they were doing, uh, you know, obviously.
0: You know, the brand, the brand, um, how can I put it? The brand identity back then with this release mm. and then the conjurer, which mm. I'm going to mention and say it was around mm. conspiracy, George mm-hmm. Orwell, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it's kind of, has, a, but it's gone away from that. It, you, there was a, you, you did make a change along the way. To kind of, you know, I don't, I don't think necessarily. Well, look, man, I mean,
3: yeah, the brand, the brand is an organism and it evolves. Mm-hmm. Conspiracy is still part of our brand. Okay, you know, always has been. You know, and our co-conspirators would now, I think, more prefer to be referred to as our shadow soldiers. That's that's fair. Yep, that's fair. But many of our shadow soldiers, you know, might have been less than 10 years old uh, when we were launching nice. room 101 cigars that's absolutely crazy yeah. they might have been there are people that wear my jewelry today that weren't even born when I launched my brand Wow dig that yep yeah so you know in in this world there's you know there are the veterans at this point. Where it's kind of funny because we're still in awe of uh the people that we would consider veterans and our senior in, in this industry. But we have stripes, man. We've earned our stripes in this business, you know, all three of us.
0: Oh, absolutely. But mm-hmm. sometimes you have to go through some sometimes you have to go through some pain. Um yeah. you, you came yeah. back you came back the following year with room one the mm-hmm. conjura comes out. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that went as, as you wanted it to go either that second cigar.
3: No, man. But you know what? Well, I'm not going to I'm not going to do any spoiler alerts here because I think I know what's next. Or at least
0: you're you not going to hope yes, I know what's next. There's actually there's, I, I'm going to throw I am going to throw
3: a curveball. There is one before the one you think I'm going to. OK, it. yeah, well, look, we were learning, right and I was trying to catch my groove as to how I wanted to authentically represent our brand in this space. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, These products are building blocks of the but, brand that is today, right? There was something very important that came out of Contura that I think. Mm.
0: What What was it? Tell me. Papatulio
3: Yes. Papachulia Papa yeah, saw the light of day during that. First, that was yep, That's that,
0: Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. And that's become like one of your well-known sizes over the years. So yeah, that was where it first made it. I remember, I remember at the trade show you had you'd had given me one of those, mm-hmm. uh, and I said, "What is this?" And you said, "Papachu." I said, "Papadopoulos." yes said, "Papachulia." I was like, yeah. "Papadopoulos."
3: Jesus Christ, Coop. yeah, yeah. Papadopoulos is cool. Whatever you want to call yeah. it.
0: So, so you know, like you said, maybe it didn't go the way you wanted it. But, you know, again, there's things that you were able to take from that. And then I think we're going to get into the part where things opened up for you.
4: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Okay.
0: So I said, so I said there's a, th- a cigar before the one, I think, we're all the elephant in the room. And it came out the same year as uh, these, so I'll say, but it's the one that got overshadowed. But I when I had this, this was the one, and it was the room 101 Connecticut. That Room 101 Connecticut, to me, was, wow, this is, you were using the Davidoff wrapper at you. That, to me, and Bear, I know you have an affinity for that cigar as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I still have some, so. That, even if you didn't come out with the next one, which is Namakubi, I think you would have still been fine. Because that, that one, we were, I was in love with that Connecticut when it came out that year.
3: That Connecticut is a good cigar. It was a very good cigar. Yeah, it
0: mm-hmm. was outstanding. It was outstanding. Yeah, and but, a lot of us. Yeah,
3: no, go ahead. A lot of
0: you. A lot of us said Matt needs a hit out of this trade show. I mean that that was because Connecticut and Namakubi came out the same year, and a lot of us say Matt needs a hit cigar. I mean, we 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 want Matt to have a hit
3: cigar. Um, this and, is interesting that you yeah. say that, Coop, because at that stage. I had been through enough, I think, that a decent amount of folks had to understand that no matter the level of adversity, no matter how many times I was going to get the door slammed in my face, that I was here to stay. Right. And I was making a stand with our brand in this industry. Yep. But we needed a cigar. I don't think we needed a cigar that was a hit as much as we needed a cigar with enough Action surrounding it that matched up to the level of personal relationships that I had built in the business.
1: What I think this year represented, Matt, was that the, you know, not, uh, I'll steal the line from Heat. I'll go ahead and fucking do it. Yeah. The action meets the juice at this point.
3: Yeah. Action meets the juice. Yeah. There you go. And the action met the juice with Namakubi.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll never forget it. You gave me an unbanded Namakubi. I went to the old champagne bar the next morning to smoke it. Mm -hmm. And I said to a bunch of people, I said, Matt's got something here. I said, This is what we he's got something here. This is something gonna be. It was even better than the Connecticut. I was like, This is this is gonna be special for years to
3: come. Oh coop. Yeah. You care, bro. I did. I really I remember I'm not trying to fast forward. But um, I remember you making comments about Farce Maduro to me after the trade oh, show. Beautiful, beautiful, and kind show. of similar, kind of thought process, and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, we, we all love. That. I just appreciate.
0: Yeah, we we and, and Farce Maduro, I think, was an important one to you. We're gonna we're gonna definitely get to that um, because Farce Maduro, I think, was that next. That was kind of your next generation at that point. You were going to. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But but Namakubi. Uh, and, the, and that's where you opt you, that's where the brand i guess started to evolve right because that's where you went with more of your you, you tapped into your experiences in Japan and came up with this this Japanese theme in there
3: yes so aesthetically i was catching my groove in terms of the way that i wanted to aesthetically represent our products in the space right yep and on a production side i had had three and a half ish years of experience, getting my sea legs underneath me at a factory level. Um, I was more far more capable to participate in the blending process than I was in the beginning. And part of the realization of that cigar is I took, I had been working on that cigar for some fucking time, man. Right, And I was very confident in it. I, I, I personally loved it, but I said, you know what, man, I'm not going to, I'm not going to make this decision individually. I'm going to bring some of my closer friends that I've made in the business to come make this decision with me. And I took a small group of guys uh, to Honduras to the factory with me. And we sat and we went through the process and we smoked that cigar. And I got the sign off from those guys. And that's really what cemented the fact that that was going to be Namakubi. Maddie Cupcakes was there. Our boy Matt from Burns in Chattanooga. There were several very, very—I mean—guys that were very, very close to me at the time. I were remember all those guys? Me. I remember those guys. Yeah, the old yeah. Chattanooga. Those yeah. were the, that was my inner circle at the time. You know. Yeah.
0: And it was so. A one of,
3: yeah. They participated. It was it was a group effort, and I got the nod from all those guys unanimously. And I said, "Fuck it, this is it. I'm on the right track. Let's go."
0: So you knew, you knew, you 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 had a lot more confidence going into this trade show. With hey, you know, like anything in the past, you know, this was going to be it. You know, it's funny. Like Tom Luzuk is in, in the in the chat. And he said he sold the shit out of that original cigar. So that's so he, my boy. He did what he had to do. Hi, Tom. To,
3: you know, yeah. Good. Tom was instrumental in the seeding of this brand and market.
0: Absolutely. Not yeah. only
3: is he a dear friend yeah, but he was an early adopter and a believer, and we worked the ever living shit out of his territory. And you know, between him and and Garrett Calhoun in the southeast, I mean, we really created yeah a uh, real foundation for this brand.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: that's what we were talking about the at the beginning of the show, man, like this this the Venn diagram between the three of us. But like the Venn diagram that, you know that is this industry because this industry is a lot smaller than people realize. So like, you know, when I talk to people like outside the industry, like I have two of my dearest friends are huge fans of your cigars, have been from like, I've brought them along for the ride, so to speak. um, But the fact it's, you know, I brought one of them to an event that I did with you at Michael's once, and he was just so like, it, it was like fanboys, not the right word, but it was just like this very perplexing meeting of two worlds for him because he saw how you and i were 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 friends you know Mm -hmm. and he you know he's a friend of mine and we're close and like you and i were you know yucking it up like we do and and he was just completely like this guy makes my favorite cigars and here's one of my best friends and they're they're friends and this this just this he was trying to describe it for me later and how it's weird and and it it's it's got to be because i mean it's it's this interesting thing but the, the same thing exists like we were talking about like you know, Tom just celebrated 10 years of his brands, you know, aside from mm-hmm. what he's done
4: mm-hmm.
1: and the impact that he's had on the industry in such a, a magnificent way. And yeah. he was Ruff so it. instrumental, he was so instrumental in your 14 years. Yeah. So it's just, mm-hmm. it, it, yeah. it, it, it's just really great how the cogs kind of line up.
0: Yeah. No, that's very true. I like to line up some cogs. <laughs> that's I Like true. to line
1: them up. Yeah. Now this next one, Coop, can I talk about this next one? How's I want you to. I want. You, yeah, I
0: want you to do the next. Oh yeah, two. no, go ahead. You want to do the next okay. three, actually? Because I think I know these are all three that are near. Dear. Okay. So,
1: yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. So uh, there, there was a there was a there was a time, and there was a there's a release that I won't go into the story for the umteenth time about that particular cigar, but there was a cigar that I kind of overhyped in my head that ended up taking a long journey with me before I actually appreciated the cigar. It's not one of yours is the point, but when this next cigar appeared on the shelf and I remember, I remember smoking it for the first time. I remember thinking that it was one of the most, I will always remember that moment. I was sitting in Michael's. I remember the couch that I was sitting on. I remember where I was. I remember remember who, was sitting with me when I lit up the cigar, and I read the the, the story behind it and everything. And that was the the original, which okay. is now spawned off into it its own brand by you know your your collaboration with Edgar Hoyle for the original one shot one kill.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: By the way, I and remember where I smoked that cigar yeah, too. I, mean, I was at cigar in when I smoked it. Yep, unbelievable yep. experience. That cigar
1: was and I have a very, very dear place in my heart for Namakubi, but that cigar was so fucking
3: good. (laughs) Like there's there's that cigar changed the game for our brand. It did. It did. The way that Namakubi did, but on another level. Yeah.
0: It it became a cigar that when the supplies got exhausted, people like if you got an Osak, like a room one Osak, it was like this is the real deal. I remember, Bear. You might have actually given me an Osaka. I think I did. at one point, yes. So it was very. It became that type of limited edition, where it was so special. And then for many, many years after those things were off the shelves, they were sought after, and people and they were still smoking great. That did change. the they're game. Still yeah. Oh, yeah, they're still
4: sought after. Yeah. Oh, absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Well, the the friend of mine that I was referring to a few minutes ago, Matt, when we were talking about he found this honey hole of a shop or whatever that had, I guess had just gotten a hold of a number of boxes, but for whatever reason, just, just didn't either didn't move them or it just didn't even have them on the shelf, but he became cool with the owner or whatever. And he would just go in and, and get these cigars. Like it was almost like his own personal layaway plan. <laughs> like it was great. Mm-hmm. And he just, and, and, you know, he found this honey hole of it and, and of finding these original Osocks. It was just, and they were st- still so special to him, you know. And it, and like you said, they're still so highly thought about, highly regarded, and everything. And like you said, in two different ways, Namakubi was, and Osak forwarded the journey of Room One Hundred and One, but in the same direction, but along two distinct different paths.
0: I felt too that um, oh, there we go. Sorry. I felt too that Osak. It again evolved the brand into something different. Like here, you were mm-hmm. collaborating with mm-hmm. a photographer. Here, you know, and, and a lifestyle here, and now I suddenly started to see that Room One Hundred One was no longer a a one trick. It really wasn't a one trick pony when when Namaku began but it was a multifaceted. uh, Thing that organism, I guess, is the word where you know you could brand it and really find a way to make it work with what you were bringing to the table and your style and, and everything. So, I, that was, I think, was an extremely important release, not just from a tobacco standpoint, but even from a branding standpoint, too.
3: I wholeheartedly agree with you, Cooper. Yeah, I
0: like I said, I remember I was in Cigar Inn in February in mm-hmm. New York in the winter. I had that cigar, I remember the day i had that cigar it was slushy out and stuff like that and i got over the cigar and yeah and they had them
3: did they have the ones that we made exclusively for them at they the came time? later they, the came l- they came later okay
0: they came later yes the, yeah. the was it those they, were the cool. osak the twos or something yeah they had those for a while they were cool two one two the two one two yeah so bear they had yeah. an exclusive at cigar Inn for a while uh, um yeah and and I, I, never, to- I never had one,
1: but yeah, I remember
0: reading Yeah, I was going it. to New York almost like once a month at that point for, uh, for my job. So I was had a lot of access to the stuff in Cigar Inn. Yeah.
1: So I think what, you know, as Coop was talking about the Papi Chulo a few minutes ago, like the the next release, you know, kind of bore the, I guess, the Vitola renaissance of, of your career. You know, we talked about Papi, Papi Chulo. Yeah, mm-hmm. iconic, the iconic size of the Namakubi, but then you think you consider like Mutante and a couple of the other like just name sizes. Like you weren't the first
4: well, person to and ever. And I've put always fancied.
3: Names. Go ahead, please. Mm-hmm. The Perfectos men. Yeah, I've always fancied the use of the Perfectos, and I've leveraged those in a lot of our limited editions. Um, mm-hmm. Again, sizes that I mean, we didn't create these shapes, you know. Uh, but we right. were using them in a in a different way and and um i think they became some of our most of our most revered uh releases. Well in and, and true to form, like I
1: said, you weren't a, the first to invent the sizes and you weren't the first person to name sizes unique things, right? Like you did you like you're you really brought brought Lanceros, I think, to an interesting spotlight at this point in in the, the industry's history, I mean, in the form of Mutante, right? So again, no one knew, no one knew what probably, I mean, a lot of your fans probably didn't know what a Lancero was, but they knew what a Mutante was, you know? And,
3: and... Yeah, it's kind of funny, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think that that's I what this, this part of your career where, like you truly put fingerprints. It, it, it was a showcase of what you truly put fingerprints on, which is absolutely everything. Like we haven't even touched on the packaging, really, which is probably you know is, you know, I mean it's well, you know it's your calling card,
3: you know, in so many well, ways. We a hundred percent. But the product has to match up with the representation. The, no, the, exactly. The, yeah. The dress of the product is really my way of saying. This is how much we care about what's inside this box. You know, that we care enough to take the time yeah. to present it in this fashion. And Mutante came to life with the Daruma blend because it was appropriate for that blend. Right.
1: Well, and as much as I love the Daruma, and we've we've mentioned it tonight, and you and I have obviously had numerous, new, countless private conversations about it. I, the Daruma gold for me is is still like. by far is yeah it's it's still my favorite it's still my favorite blend that you've ever done and I like Amen. it in all the sizes including including the little the 60 gauge one that you know Coop just yeah. smiles the mon- about it. The, everything. Monstro. the, the mon- monstro
0: the monstro. again
3: that blend performed very pleasantly in that size. It did it really
0: did yeah mm-hmm. both the room and the Daruma Gold did yeah
3: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I know Bear has an affinity for that Daruma Gold I oh, fucking he does. love that cigar.
3: <laughs> fucking crack theme for that shit.
0: They were, they were much, and they were much more true. They were, that was a limited release. I mean, I don't, I think, I don't think you did more than one run of those. Did you? Two. Was gold? it two? Was two, it, it, two? Gold.
3: It, it was act, it was active for two to three years. Okay. Yeah.
0: But, it, okay. It yeah. wasn't like yeah. I knew it was a shorter period it had.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: I, you know, back to, you know, the rumor came out in 2012. And that was a trade show, Matt. There was a lot of releases that year. It was the Orlando trade show, and you know this was your encore and Namakubi. So I think a lot of people were looking at that. And I think again, the rumor hit the mark for you. I mean, it was just like okay, 2011 wasn't a fluke, you know, with the Namakubi. Now the rumor comes and uh, expands on that theme, and yeah, I think it was another. Like I said, I think now at that point, I and and Osaka come in between that. That that last year, year plus, I think now, Matt, things were definitely moving in in
3: uh, in a great direction for you. It was a, it was an exciting time. It was one of the greatest periods of time for me in this business. There there are multiple chapters, and all of them are great yeah. for their own individual reasons. Yep, you know, if Tom Lazuka is still listening, you know, is one of the the greatest periods of time and some of the best times that I'll never forget that I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> That's
1: great. Well, and then the, the next, the next cigar, of course, was like, this was became this, uh, it was the following year. Right. And it was the, uh, there were several days. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, there was a series, it was a series of three that really just, um, I think captivated I think captivated the the essence of what Osak did uh, and built upon it. You know, like I said, like you, we talked about, Namakubi raised the bar for room one oh one and again pushed it forward but along a different avenue as as Osak did. And those the master collection series is series is one, two, and three kind of went along that same line as the Osak did. And I think that like I um I, I was just—I I really fell in love with that—the the, the series in general. Like the 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 master collection one, which I thought was really interesting. About it, that wrapper is incredibly unique too. Just on mm-hmm. the first one because it's um, it's it's Mexican San Andreas, but it's Mexican San Andreas Rosado,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which, you know, in my at my at that time in my career, my limited understanding of tobacco—not that it's terribly profound now but my my understanding of tobacco was like this is something holy shit a San Andreas Rosado like oh my gosh what's he going to do next and then the cigar fucking slapped us like crazy like it was yeah. awesome uh-huh. and and what I loved about Master Collection 2 is that was the cigar that single handedly changed my opinion about Criollo single handedly okay. I was not a fan Shit's of that on, like yeah it was but I, to up until that point, every cigar that I had had with a Criollo wrapper, I was just it just didn't hit for me. And so when I saw the Master Collection two release come out, I was like a oh, Criollo. I'm like, okay, all right. And then you were apprehensive. I was absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know why I should. Shit, I'm you know, shoot, shame on me for doubting you, right? But but again, that that hit as well. Three was. Three was good. I think three, uh, three was obviously my least favorite out of the three, obviously, but was my least favorite out of the three. But what I loved about the series is that you were, you, it showed how you were capable of building upon something. And it wasn't just the sake of doing something for doing something, which I know we're going to talk about this later, but like your anniversary series, right? It's Mm. not just the, it's not just doing something for the sake of doing it. And that's what I got to give you credit for, Matt, because One of the things that I've always appreciated about your approach to this business is that there's a lot of people, unfortunately in this business that do do something for the sake of just doing it. Like, Oh, I have to have a Connecticut. So I'll do a Connecticut. I have to have a 60 gauge. So I'll just fucking release a Gordo. Right. It wasn't like that for you ever. In my opinion, like everything that you built upon had a purpose, a story, a reason, and it propelled it forward. And like, again, I've, I mean, there have been cigars of years that I, you know, that haven't been like my favorites, but like, I've, I've truly enjoyed not only just the journey, but I've truly enjoyed all the cigars along the way. And that's why I think I'm probably like sitting still on some, like a great collection of room one, because I wanted to, I wanted to savor that. I wanted to keep that to myself because these moments that I shared with you Either by proxy or, or personally were were, well were key moments in my my journey as well in the cigar industry too. So, and I Look, think you did that for a lot of people. It wasn't just me.
3: You know, it was an interesting period of time because all of those projects were thoughtfully composed. Mm-hmm. And if you if you peeled back through the aesthetics and the dressing, the product had to speak on its own, right? Um, and blends were calibrated to suit uh specific vitolas um if a product didn't perform in a specific vitola it wasn't produced in a specific vitola you know um and the series were you know at the time because of because of the dynamics the fact that we were i was learning how to catch my groove in the space you know while i was running you know um and, and through application, practical application, you know, at certain stages, I would look at the brand and I would say, you know, this thing is almost built like the Winchester house. Like I can see the chapters of my own personal development, the space and the development of my brand as these products evolve. And there would be little capsules. Like, for example, Master Collection was a three-part series and a, and a capsule that was formed at a certain period of time in our brand's development, right? Yeah. Now- with you know going on 15 years of experience in the space, our products are very well dialed, you know, and 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 composed very very thoughtfully, just from even you know the cadence of SKUs, sub brands, all that stuff. And we were catching our, you know, like I said, that was all part of catching our groove over the years.
4: Yeah.
1: Among these prized possessions, I have to just for the sake of Coop's anniversary, I have to say is an autographed Deruma box that you carefully and artfully signed for me with a mm. beautiful artisanal
4: mm.
1: unique and mm. personalized illustration of yes a, of a bear yes and a dick drawing and yes. of course the dick is is of course a, a, ejaculating onto the bear it's just magic it's yes. beautiful yes is only, only, it. only it's only it's only is only the Matt booth could do
3: I've I've never drawn a, a bear getting doused with uh, uh, love serum before or after that moment. And it's mine. It's That's all for mine. for you, baby. That's Thank yours. You. It's all yours. It's you, all yours.
0: Master collection was 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 great though. Ultra premium, right? I think it showed the ultra premium side of your brand, and I think it it really, from a branding standpoint, for the next ten years now, for sure, it gave us the sakura flower. I mean, that's really what I think. that Mm -hmm. really became that synonymous symbol of Room One Hundred One for the next decade. uh, Out of that, so I do a lot. Yeah,
4: yeah.
1: Uh, I've spoken. Look, man. I mean, we're also still has it. Oh, go ahead. The thirteenth. I mean, the thirteenth anniversary of the fourth time. Like, Uh, it's when I mean, exactly. So, like, if you go back into the coop archives and when, and I know we're fast forwarding in the timeline here, but when. STG acquires Room One Hundred and One. The two logos that we have merging mm-hmm. together on the coupe article are the STG logo and the flower.
0: Yeah,
3: that's correct. It's,
0: and that's uh, what, and that's what they gave. That's what that that's is what, correct. That was what the press release actually gave us too. Just so you know, but mm-hmm. it was that important. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, we had to. You know, it it was it was becoming apparent to me at the time that you know we had this this rendition of the Okinawan Shishi dog, which is a protector. Hand drawn by my friend Chewy Quintanar, who actually was texting me while we were talking here. What's up, boss? Um, You know, but it was a bit aggressive. And if this brand was going to become a globally seated brand, we needed something I felt that was still authentically reflective of all of our brand values and brand philosophies, but that was also a, a little bit more easy on the eyes, universally palatable. Digestible, you know, and uh, we chose to create the the sakura flower uh, in the in the uh, uh, the same traditional fashion that a, a Japanese family crest would be drawn, and it's laden with significance as all of our imagery is and all of our branding is. Um, but that was that was a new that marked a new beginning for our brand across all categories.
0: Yeah, no, very true. Next one. This is Okay. Probably, this is probably your most controversial one. So I think you know which one this oh. is. Uncle oh, Lee. I, well, I'm I'm ready for this one. Uncle Lee. Oh so, yeah. Uncle So there was a lot with Uncle Lee. Um hmm. yeah. you know, obviously there's packaging. Uh obviously it was a tribute to someone in your family, which you hadn't done anything like that before. Mm-hmm. And yes, yes, it yes. was another cigar that I just I saw a lot of people really discover your brand with that cigar. Um that's a store my son was starting to work retail at that point, And he, I remember people were just coming in, like some of the guys would just, you know, guys who aren't internet smokers or anything were just like they they were just falling for that Uncle Lee. And that but it was a very controversial release too with that packaging. Uh, almost
3: well, didn't
0: come. Almost didn't come, right?
3: Well it was, oh dear. Tom is yeah. texting me. What's he saying? Well, he
0: was, he was not uncle. Lee wasn't him at that point. <laughs> You're innocent.
3: Um, oh, you know what? I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to plug my phone in. So, well, uncle Lee was never released in its full glory. Right. You know, because of the controversy that was surrounding its its proposed packaging. Right. Um. You know, it was going to be released in a, a beautiful, beautiful cereal box and, and, quite frankly, it was, I still think to this day, it was our magnum opus of, of packaging, you know? Um, and it was, uh, you know, it was, it was uh, you know, identified as something that was going to be, you know, the, the colorful, provocative illustration art was going to be the very undoing of our industry and and give, uh, you know, the FDA and the, the tobacco abolitionists all the ammunition they would ever need to, to to destroy our business so it was decided that it would not be released in in its fully expressive form you know so you know it came out in the the box that people actually received was a box that was meant to go inside that cereal box yes it was a wooden box Mm -hmm. that's correct
0: it was a wooden box um yep which was still very nice um but uh, a ver- but a really good cigar, um. I would guess if if there's right now because you you know now in the STG world of Room One Hundred One, if there's if I put a poll up, I would say that this cigar would probably be the one people would want to see come back, in some form. That would be my guess. Of the well, things I think that have you
1: to come back correctly. Well, yeah, we got some people in the chat that are clamoring for it. Oh uh, Sean and, and, Sean Miles it, says it, it, it's they his might favorite. not have to his clamor favorite.
0: much longer. Justin, just don't screw it up. Their clamoring might be quelled.
1: Yeah. Justin, just don't, does, don't don't let
0: Justin anywhere near the project. Don't let Justin just keep Justin away from it.
3: Unbelievable. <laughs> I love you, fuzz. <laughs> you know, Justin and I met a, so, somewhat. Uh, in a similar fashion, you and I, Cooper, in the very, very beginning of my entree into this business, year one, you know, um, he was running around the earth, uh, representing an independent brand. And uh, as I, I believe the national sales director, blue, at least blue that's rider, the way I, rider, I, I rider, saw yeah. him at the time. Yeah. That's correct. That's correct. And, uh, you know, um, you know, he's another amazing example of someone. And now, um, you know. Phenomenally, I get to work with him at a deeper level, but you know, at the time, you know, we were all running around trying to get the get the work done, right, and becoming friends uh, at the same time, you know. Yeah, yeah, But he's earned his stripes in the business too.
0: Absolutely, we kid Justin a lot, mm-hmm. but um, but yeah, he has done a a fantastic job in what he's done. I mean, we when we pick on him, and rightfully so, he was trying to imitate you at the trade show this year. I don't know if you caught that in the interview I did. He did. He did slap me with grabbing. the microphone.
1: He no, well, he dick slapped me with
0: the microphone. He dick slapped me with the microphone too, this guy. I mean, he yeah. was like he, he thought he was you. I'm like,
3: you know. He's off the through. rails. He's out said, of control.
0: I said, you're not bad booth. And I Going said you the know, junk. I said, you want to know why we pick on you? I said. <laughs> Unbelievable. And, uh, and uh, people are coming to No, uh, no. Actually, Tom Justin is one of my good friends here. Uh I think uh believe me, Justin Justin petitioned <laughs> it back to him. Yeah, no, I love,
1: it. I love, uh, uh, Jonathan Herring says that Justin is killing it. And I said, uh, you know, I love how he, he tags he, him. Look, look Tags he, him he, appropriate. But he got, let's, it's in fairness, John. He got Jonathan got paid to say that. So,
0: I mean, yeah. You know. uh, <laughs> and he's a Braves fan. So, uh, we can't hold that against him. All right. So I don't want Matt's phone. I'm not trying to be sensitive to his time. Next
3: No, one. no, man. I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting some charge action okay. going here. Okay. Don't you we, worry.
0: We are, we are, we are moving down the list, though. So this next one, um, I think was it had a chance to be a cult favorite. It became, I think, a cult favorite. Uh, but then it went away for a while and now it's back. And and I want to talk Johnny Tobacco. Oh, this yeah. was now this to me seemed like this was some conceptual thing you were trying to do here. Like you there was some concept you were trying to develop. Conceptual. Yeah. Because there was a follow-up, there was Chief Cool Arrow, I think, which was the next part of that story. I think you were trying to do. Am I wrong that you were trying to do a story here at this point with that?
3: There is a story. Yeah. The story of jo- Johnny Savakonov is is ever evolving. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Oh, would you like to hear about it? Yes. Please. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Would you Would you like to hear about it? I mean, I I don't know. I mean, you know. Okay. Okay. If you so want to talk it.
0: about if you want to talk about it, you could talk well, about it. Well,
3: the original. I'd like to talk about I mean, unless you don't want to talk about it. I only want, I want to talk know. about what you want no, to we talk about. about. We, 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 put put we put it on the list. We put it on the Yeah. No, I no, think you, you'd like to
1: you'd like gonna, to hear about it. We're yeah. We're gonna talk about and we 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 mentioned this and you can, everyone can go back to our recap of room one oh one for the, of the PCA trade show this year, but we talked about the, the second iteration of it and how the continued mm. story of Johnny tobacco and not. Is is just as important as its as its genesis, and that's why we're interested to talk about like its foundation. So yeah, and then I want to talk
0: we'll about the me. reincarnation because we had a lot of thoughts on that one on our show too. So I want to hit Matt with some of those too. So let's talk about the story, okay. and then we'll, we'll give him a thoughts on the on the reincarnation.
3: Well, very simply, you know, uh, Johnny Zabakonat is a chaser of galactic flavor, and he travels the universe uh, from galaxy to galaxy. Uh, to to find uh, unique flavors, sacred leaves, as it were. And, you know, as the story goes, you know, he was on a, a planet that was not his to be on. And he was trying to harvest sacred space leaves from their soils. And he was discovered there by uh, a native inhabitant, Chief Coolero. And uh, the chief uh, decapitated Johnny tobacco and threw his cranium I did not, into the I did dark not know, recesses of I did not know that. the forever of space. Oh yeah,
0: I didn't know that part of the he story. He bested
3: didn't. him. Oh yeah, yeah. It's kind of an interesting yeah, story. It, it is. It so is. You can make some connections to some things that you know. You can I, draw your own conclusions. It's,
1: it's, it's like it's like a Jason and the Argonauts meets you know uh, you know but, Clash of the Titans.
0: Yeah. I remember I mean I remember when Chief Cool Arrow came trade. out and yeah I remember Chief Cool Arrow coming out though that was I think one of your re- last releases under the Davidoff era, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Was it, was Chief- it, was it was the last. It was the last, yeah,
3: yeah. It was the Finn. Yes. The, yeah.
0: The Swan Song. But
3: not the Finn of Room 101. It was the Finn of a chapter. Yeah. You know, a chapter in the brand's existence. Yeah. yeah. Now, you know, the new Johnny Tobacconot is actually uh Jonathan P. Tobacconut, which is Johnny Tabaccona's son.
0: So we, this cigar, right? We, I thought Forge did Tabacanaw. By the way, and I know Justin's on, I, I know Justin's in the room. So I'm not just saying this because I've said, it. I thought Forge had a great show. And there was some Killed criticism. It. The question was, we were trying to figure out what was the standout product at Forge. And there was a lot of good products. It was room one. Obviously, we, But I think this was the one we thought was came out. Yeah, I think we, Yeah, it, it was. It, there was a lot Bro. of good stuff, so it's hard for one to overshadow everything. But we thought that this, this you, you want. I remember you said you have to smoke this Cooper when we did the Zoom. You were telling me that, and it was you knocked that. That was knocked that out of the Look, park man, with that one.
3: Yeah, I was giving everyone two, not because. Well, I do like to give people cigars because right. cigar people smile. I right. like to do that. I was giving people two, because I said, look, you must covet one and you must take it home and you must humidify and care for this cigar. And the other, you must smoke right fucking now. You must enjoy it now. And you also must come to understand how that cigar performs, not only in this climate, but being war torn, raped and ravaged by shipping, sitting in Las Vegas, being manhandled and dumped into bins and all these, you know, uh, all these things that are adversity for it cigars, stood up right? though. That's the and that's even the fucking with crazy all that, thing. In is... spite of all that, it stood up, bro. Yeah, it stood up erect.
1: It was immaculate in the heat, the sweltering heat during the, the media cocktail
0: hour. Right, right.
1: And it's like I, I was, was like I was that. I was smoking it. I was like, what? I don't know uh, this should this should have cracked an eon ago.
0: Yeah,
1: not because of. The material or anything just mother nature yeah uh but you know the force that it was but i mean it was it was unbelievable the you know just to build on what Coop was saying about what what you all did it as what i've kind of coined as the forged family of cigars this year was there was like this there were room 101 had a place with the johnny Tobacco, not for me was the standout too diesel heritage the magic toast fifth the la gloria calla like these were like I I, I love these individual projects for the individual brands that were there. Um, but I can tell you for, I can tell you for a fact, as much as I have, I have a great affinity for the magic toast. When I saw Jonathan P. Tabaccona just there, like I, I, I shit you not the, 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 the inner joy that like to me, man. I mean, the, occupates when I when I when I have a bear moment but it was a true fanboy bear is. moment. I was just like, like yeah. holy yeah. shit it's back. Like I it was it was it was so exciting. It was really good, yeah. And, and 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 it like to your point earlier Matt like this is all great, package is all great, the innovation's great. Cigar's got to stand up and it delivered this 100%. Yeah. I say Without the Jeruma gold nothing. like historically the Jeruma gold is my favorite blend that you've ever done. The giant knots that I have smoked at and since the trade show, I am thoroughly convinced that this is by far your most complexed, deepest, yeah. most well-rounded blend that you have ever done.
0: If, if anyone said to that. This oh, is Matt, without Matt's question
3: gonna... one of the blends. Oh, go ahead.
0: Go ahead. If you face your thought, then I'll add mine because I think mine will add on to yours better.
3: Not that I'm not proud of anything else that we've done, because I'm 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 very proud of every step of the way and every product we've produced. Otherwise, I wouldn't have put my name on it. But this is, without contest, one of the best blends we've ever released under this name.
0: And if people thought that Room One Hundred One was gonna go in the wrong direction, going with STJ, this is proof positive. No, this is proof positive that. Your brand yes. could really evolve with this, because, because look, I thought this shit—it was a lot of high-profile Connecticut's that came out. There wasn't a <laughs> lot of Connecticut's, but the ones that were coming out were very high-profile. Now, Tom's got one coming out with the CLE PCA exclusive. Um, You know, there were, so in this one, I would put with one of the high, it 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 kind of caught everyone by surprise because it wasn't announced, but really before the trade show. But yeah, it was. I'm telling you, I I I believe Matt, this was a real special cigar that you guys came out with. Dude, it's rad.
3: Yeah. It, it's yeah, you gotta fucking be very rad. Pro- you got to be really proud of that one. Like. I am. I yeah, am. You should be, yeah. I'm excited for everybody to try it, man. And, you know, this is like, uh, I gauge I gauge my blends on a different type of test, right? Like when I get the 2 a.m., 3 a.m. text of somebody that I know from the business that's smoking the cigar and they're compliment, you know, it's a photo of the, you know the combustible hog in hand at some bar yeah. or some yeah. lounge at two in the morning. And they're so excited about it that they have to send the pic. <laughs> you know, that's an accolade, right? You know, like one of my, one of the greatest compliments I ever received in the business was from my boy, Phil Ledbetter of Up Down Cigar in Chicago fame. Nice
0: store. Yep, nice store. Uh,
3: another uh, day one, great friend in the business. You know, I, uh, one of the cigars we had made a couple of years back, he sent me a text and he said, this is actually good. And I thought, fuck, that could be one of the greatest compliments that I've ever received on a cigar blend. From a man with a discerning palate.
0: That's great. And I and Bear, I believe that this cigar might have made it on our thread a few times of being smoked by people, you know, Uh, and some of those messages come in at late. We have like an internal coalition thread where I think Mm -hmm. we just post pictures of what we're smoking. And I know Bear put this one up and then. I smoked it when we did the zoom and I was like, wow. I saw everything that you said, everything that bear said, I'm like, this is absolutely living up to what,
3: what um, you guys build it to be. It's everything that it should be and more. And I'm extremely proud of it, man. Yep. Awesome. And so here we are, here we are
1: now in your the, career- leg- the legacy, the legacy yep. of Jonathan, Johnny tobacco lives yeah. on in this, in the form
3: of his son. Yeah. In Jonathan P. Yeah.
0: You know, I think there were different like stages of Room 101. I think, you know, you had the yeah. Camacho era 1.0, and then you had the Davidoff era 2.0. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of went away for a short time and came back with the 3.0. And there was a release mm-hmm. that you, I think that was an important release. It, it's, it's a more, it was a more limited release, but I think it was important. And that was hit and run because that mm-hmm. was your yeah. kind of re, your quick return, but it was still your return there. Mm-hmm. Um, And I thought, when i remember when i came back i said matt's back
3: man it was good that was in collaborative partnership with my man rosewood rosa caldwell
0: yep which you guys did the other side the t mm-hmm. uh and you had so you had these two and uh you did some different versions of this and i thought uh again you know i think they were great collaborations that you did and hidden Run was done in the dominican right you were doing that at ventura
3: at william ventura yeah. yep
0: yep so you know you're doing uh you know, so you were going with a a real boutique, you know, your boutique factory there at that point. Um, but yeah, it was. A, I, I, I remember where I smoked that cigar. Well, I was, on I was in, and, the heat and, in Las Vegas when I had that one too. Well, and it's kind of funny to
1: think about that. Like, even it's still a boutique factory, right? But the name William Ventura now holds is such held in high esteem and regard yep. to where you know where it where it's at in this point in history. But at that
3: time. Well, it always has been. If you knew
1: well, if you knew, but that's the point. None of us knew. And that's that's what makes Hit and Run so special. Is I think it in a lot of ways, and this isn't to take away from anything from Henderson and his amazing family. Like you said, if you knew, you knew. But what Hit and Run represents, I think, is this catapulting of this factory and what it not only did not only clearly did for your career. Matt, but mm-hmm. also others as well, and and now his own, the the family legacy continues to live on, and oh, yeah. is spotlighted in a lot of ways because of because of hit and run. I think. I mean, I, I you know, I'm not trying to speak disparagingly of all, but like again, those who know who know is is a term that is commonly used for for a number of reasons across
4: mm-hmm.
1: across just society in general, but industry wise, like it was this this hidden gem that that you stumbled upon and were able to really bring it to, to, to light. And I
3: think what well brands can become a conduit for craft, right? Yeah. Brands can become this conduit to, to afford additional skyline uh, for a, a factory's craft that is outside of their, you know, their direct fan base. Right. And, you know, working with their factory affords my product merit and equity because it's made by true artisans and and thoughtfully composed and their craft meets and travels through many many mouthholes that it never would have otherwise or maybe would have in a different in a different light i mean the blends are also different the blends are every blend to me if if the manufacturer the brand owner or whoever is authentically participating in the process of building the cigar with the factory, every every cigar is a collaboration because it's some of each person. And ultimately, I feel that the goal is that a product is produced that neither party would have produced themselves sans the other person participating, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I,
2: and I re- all of
3: our cigars that we make with them are reflective of that.
0: Yeah. I, I remember, Matt, you used the term for a long time, a salon brand, like you know, salon, brand, salon. Yes. For some reason, hit yeah. and run. I got off that was, for a minute, dude. I should do that again. You the should. Industry's you
3: should. first and only salon brand. Yes. For some reason, yes.
0: hit and run to me epitomized salon brand. Whatever It was salon. It was. Totally it's not boutique. Salon.
3: It's salon. It's salon. Yes. Totally. That's salon AF. Yeah. It's, totally, it, it's salon AF. Yeah. It salon just salon AF.
0: Yep. No. So, so catapulting nice, off of
1: Thanks, so catap- catapulting off of hit and run launches again another series, mm. but much different than Master Collection because Master Collection was designed at least. And if, if I'm stepping on anything here, Matt, if I'm speaking incorrectly, please feel free to correct me. But Master Collection was its was its was very distinct and while well, everything is special, but it was it was designed specifically for that kind of that limited edition, very special feel collection. is appropri- It's appropriately titled, right? What then what is mm-hmm. spawned out of Hit and Run is this next series, which becomes not necessarily a series, but a series in terms of actual core. Yeah. And it's the first new core that we've seen since the previous iteration or previous era of Room 101, and that's farce yes which which i think is i what i particularly love about the name and the direction that you took it is um is this this is a this is a great example of of playing to the crowd and with your you have this incredible sense of irony that i've always appreciated yeah yep and um And I love, I love the the oxymoron that is on every single farce cigar because it's not a farce. It's real.
3: It's the real it's deal. It's
1: impactful. It's thoughtfully composed, to use the phrase de jour. But every Vitola is what it is. It's a Lonsdale. It's a Robusto. Yes, it is.
3: It is a Lonsdale.
1: I f- I fucking loved every, every part of it. And I remember, I remember holding the first farce that I ever purchased and I remember looking it over and the, the exact words that I mentioned now were the exact, was my exact thought process about it. Um, this, I think this thoroughly for the first time, for the first time, really, I think, I think farce accurately captured your persona. Yeah. And the respect that you had for the craftsmanship of what you were creating all in one man project,
3: man, that gives me goosebumps on my neither regions, because I got to tell you bear, that's what I was going for. Farce was meant to reflect years of experience uh, within the industry and at a factory level. And farce was meant to represent what I was capable to produce uh, with competent partners at that time. And it was meant to showcase that. And that's why Farce will forever be one of our uh, evergreen premium core uh, yeah. products for Room 101. It's funny, man, I remember, I remember Henderson, you know, it's funny, Henderson called uh, Henderson called Rosewood and he's like, look, man, you gotta um, you gotta talk to Matt about this brand. And you know, I remember, you know, because this now he's telling me this story, right? And he said so henderson called me um you know and he's very very concerned about the naming convention that you're applying to, to this brand because he looked it up because he didn't know the word and he said this is this is a, a a bad word it's you know associated it has a negative connotation like this isn't something we should call a cigar you know and the reality was is that there were things that were going on and uh you know that that word was really uh, my mind was infested with that word, um, from a conversation with, uh, with an executive from one of the larger companies in the industry a couple years prior. And we were talking about a couple different things and, and I never, I'll never forget. He made the statement. He said, I don't know, Matt, it's just a fucking farce. And I just said, bing, that will be the name of my first independent release. <laughs> yeah. And it was on the coattail of, uh, uh, somewhat theatrical falsified uh, retirement from the business as a way to mask transition, you know, into a new chapter of our brand's life. And, uh, you know, and now far, you know, years down the road from that point uh, in our brand's timeline and trajectory is definitely a force to be reckoned with in our portfolio. And, and uh, you know, and, and dude, I'm, I'm honored that you caught that because, I think that there are things like that uh, affixed to all of our products. If someone is, you know, you have to be close enough to f- the fire to feel the heat, man. And you yep. have to, you, you guys are paying attention. And yep. by the way, you care. Yep. You know, we're friends. So you, you're vested, you know, as a byproduct of that. And so you picked up on that, you noticed that, man. So, you know, yep. at least somebody fucking gets it. Yep. <laughs> no, yeah.
0: All right. No, that's good. So we had two more. I'm just going to because I know we, we ran all over with you and I'm going to just kind of mention the two and then we can kind of close it out. But I think there were two other key cigars on that list of 13 big payback, which was a monster mm-hmm. hit for you mm-hmm. in the old iteration. And now uh, in the in, in 2.0, 3.0 and now 4.0, it's like I think that one's yeah. one that's carried over you and the anniversary series as well. Um, Again, this has just become everyone looks forward to the anniversary cigar every year. So, uh, this was, and by the way, the 14th so hour, was yeah. So, I mean, you've just, like I said, captured the, the, and we look, there were brands that we left off here. I could have went down the road on with, and, um, I know we could share stories about it, but I, I really wanted to just, cause as I followed you with this journey, these were the things. And I think a lot of them were like, when I saw bear the list, he's like, these are the 13 we should go with. Um, it, it's an incredible journey. And, um, I like I said I really believe that uh, you're in a great place right now, and I'm really happy that you're a part of Ford's and working with that team. I think that's they had a great I think they had a great show, and uh, we're we're just like I said we're going to see a lot more to come. So I'm very excited if this is what we saw this year from Ford's with the releases, then then I think we're we've got a lot to look forward to. Uh, with Ramon. I'm really
3: grateful. To have been able to become active with these guys at this period of time and in the development of their organization because um, they're really, they're really composing this unique cast of characters, you know, from boots on the ground on up, you know, that all have their stripes in the game. A lot of seasoned uh, veterans on the sales force, you know, people that have you know, that all bring their own cachet of equity and relationships and skill sets to the table. Um, And, you know, one of the things that was the, you know, one of the final nails in the, you know, the coffin of acquisition, I guess you could say, of course, that kind of sounds negative, but it's not in any way, shape or form. What sealed the deal for me was that their executive leadership, uh, I think, had their, their heads dialed in terms of, you know, the fact that, If they really wanted to dominate this space in a different way, they were going to have to embrace different branded entities that have a different operational groove that may or may not be their standard operating procedure. And that they had to do what they could from the inside to empower a brand like mine with their machine without overpowering it and steamrolling over with process, right? And so that's been a delicate balance, but that's why, you know, I've remained is to do my part, uh, you know, and show up and, and make sure that Room 101 remains authentic to its core vision and to my my core vision for the brand. And uh, the future is wide open for us, man. It's, it, it is genuinely very exciting, man. You know, it really is for me. And um, we'll see what the future holds, man. Nope, It we, ain't bad.
0: No, it is. We, like I said, we, you know, One thing that stayed true through all these iterations is you have always been Matt Booth. Uh, That's a constant that hasn't changed from day one, Mm. and uh, the energy and the authenticity, the authenticity um, has been. It's a welcome part to the industry. Um, I remember when you wrote. I remember you wrote the letter saying you were going away. I thought something was going to be lost for a while. Uh, I'm glad that we weren't away for too long and uh gave maybe gave you a chance to recharge a bit too, but uh it's uh like I said, it, it is a great thing that you have brought here and a lot of the success that we've had uh we've done as a car coop would not have been possible without you. So we we yeah, we, we salute that's why we wanted you on and thank oh, you man we appreciate you very much.
3: Look, dude, I love you, Coop. Love you, yep. Bear. Yep. Look, you guys have been uh, you know. Uh, a conduit from my message over the years and you broadcast it authentically and you've you know um you you don't you don't represent my message with any slant or bias. You you shoot it straight. You're not the only outfit that does that, you know? No, Um, absolutely. There's a lot of good work. There are others that sure. Yeah, there are others I think the water's a little murky, you know. And uh, you know, we're not, you know, we're not here to shit on anybody. But what I'm saying is like I'm just grateful to have uh a genuine outlet for my message and to know that I have people out there that are going to champion for my brand not because they feel obligation to but because it's an authentic byproduct of us knowing each other having a friendship and you know me continuing to do what I do to build a brand that fuck man I guess it's worth talking about so there you go yep
1: and, and Matt as we as we let you go here and, and again I can't thank you enough for yeah, your absolutely. time tonight yep. to and um I'm I'm going to speak personally here uh, for me um, to have you a part of this show. You know, I've, I've been, I've been, you've been along for the entire ride of Cigar Coop. Yep. I've had the privilege of being a part of it for a very short time for six years. And, and I, I, I can honestly say that it's champions like you and authentic personalities like yourself that have made, um, have made it easy for coop it's always not it hasn't always been easy for him he's he's worked tirelessly for this industry he's built up an incredible brand an incredible reputation for himself um and he's he's done it for a large part on his own and it's only recently that he's put together what i consider to be a damn fine team that i'm privileged to be a part of um but it's through the support of people like you that have allowed him to thrive in this business, and for him to celebrate 13 years with you by his side tonight. Uh, for me, you know, like I said, I'm 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 almost kind of a bystander tonight because I get to celebrate along with you both. Um, because your 14 years, his 13 years, um, have been some of the most exciting that I've seen um, in this industry, and it's 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 such a privilege to be a part of it. And so from the bottom of my heart, man, I just want to thank you for your time. Uh over the years, not just tonight, but especially tonight that we get to celebrate this this fantastic moment with our friend Will thank Cooper. You thank you. And
3: uh thank you very much. The big one three, Coop. Congratulations, bro.
0: Thank you. And then next nothing year, to sneeze at. No, thank you. Next year's a big one for you. The one five
3: is next year for you. And uh Ooh. I can't wait. So uh, we get to have our quinceanera. It's going to be so nice. Yes, It's going to be a delightful affair. I hope you guys can make it. We will be there. Bring your finest canary yellow dress. (laughs) You know, it is one thing. There's one thing I will say about Coop to just kind of tether to what you were saying, Barry. You know, when the executives of one of the largest companies, if not the largest company in the space, speak Cooper's name as someone that your press needs to go out to that's on a, on a short list of people that needs to be consistently fed the information from your organization about your brand releases and other information. I mean, I a think, honor. uh, what, a what honor. was the, what was the, what was the thing from heat? The, what is it? Uh, the, what action is it meets the, ju- the action meets the juice. In that instance, you realize that the action does in fact meet the juice. And the action meets the juice with you, William Cooper, and I love you, man. Congrats you. I on I love 13th. you too.
0: Thank you very much. Thanks for being a part of this, Matt.
3: Uh, that means a lot to me. What you guys just said. Thank you, my man. All right. And we're gonna keep doing it. We're gonna. They keep can't doing get it. rid of us. No. Like an infection. No. Like a reoccurring infection. Yes. It's us together. A yeah. hundred years. Matt Booth, William Cooper, Bear, together like this. A- absolutely. And happy birthday, Matt. Happy birthday,
0: Matt. Thanks, yeah. bro. Thanks. Yeah. Thank thanks. you, man. Yep. Happy 30th for you. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. All
3: right. Thanks, bro. <laughs> All right. Say hi to Boo and right, the attorney. Guys. Yep, I will. You guys take it easy out there in Cigarlandia, and I'll see you next time.
0: Take care, Matt.
3: Sounds good. Take Matt. care.
0: All right. That is the one and only Matt Booth of Room One Hundred One STJ. Lots we more went... to come on the Thirteenth Anniversary, by the way. Ma- lots yeah, more lots come. more to come. So just you know, I know there's some questions out there. Matt, Matt went over a, a lot over it, and he was planning so. Uh, we wanted to be sensitive to his time. So we, we weren't ignoring them. Uh, so again, we just, uh, I knew that list was gonna take a while to go through too. It went longer than I thought because I didn't know how much he would talk about some of that stuff. And uh, I think it was important to kind of look at his journey too with that. Um, I don't think, I think, you know, I think it's a, it's an incredible story. When you look at I get hundreds of brands this guy's created in the cigar world uh, over the years. So it is uh, beautiful. All right. So we got to uh, let's go let's get into uh our next segment. Uh I'm going to jump ahead to one bear because I want to get this one in before uh but th- I want to jump ahead to uh we got a couple history segments, but I want to do the Espinosa This Day in Sports History. Uh brought to you by Espinosa Cigars, makers of award-winning brands such as Espinosa 601 and Knuckle Sandwich. Smoke Espinoza, smoke Espinoza every day. So we have, um, we have a couple of, um, we have a couple of, um, sports history questions. Um, and they are not tied to the number 13. (laughs) Okay. They're tied to the date of the anniversary, though April 15th, yeah, or August 15th. 15th. Yeah, August 15th. August 15th. Uh, August 15th. And, um, I think you put one in there as well as I put one in there. Um, and, uh, so I'll, th- I ask you the question first, uh, and then we will, um,
2: well, mine's not a question. I just posted a statement, so there's not really any mystery yep. behind it.
0: Yep. All right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. So I'll go, I'll go then. Um, cause I want to see if you can, uh, name the manager. Okay. So the date is August 15th, 1975, which is almost 50, it's 48 years ago. Okay. It's crazy. This baseball, you know, I got to go with the managers, right? Because I love the managers, right? This baseball manager. Spoiler alert, it's not Charlie Manuel. It's not Charlie Manuel. Uh, He was still playing actually in 1975. All right. This baseball manager. Had the distinction of being thrown out of a game twice in the same day by the famed late great umpire, Ron Luciano. The umpire strikes back. Who was that manager? 70. What? 75. He was thrown out twice in the same day. He was thrown out in both games of a doubleheader. He's the only manager to get thrown out twice in a doubleheader and it happened with the same umpire. The great Lon <laughs> Luciano, the umpire strikes back. Who was that manager? This is back when they still umpire like each league had exclusive umpires, right? I believe and, so. Now, this guy but, had a feud so with this umpire for years. They, so they it's not,
1: yeah, so it's not Sparky Anderson because Luciano was an American League
0: umpire. Right, and Sparky was I believe and I believe the that's The Reds he was, yeah, he, he was with the red in the He was Red. He was not Sparky Anderson. So it's got to be Earl Weaver then. It's Earl Weaver. Orioles. Yep. The umpire strikes back. I remember they did this whole skit years later of like Star Wars characters and the uh, base when because <laughs> Luciano wrote a book called The Umpire Strikes Back. Uh, Luciano uh, sadly committed suicide. Ron Luciano. Um, but uh, he died in the nineties. But it was Earl Weaver, who, you know, Earl Weaver, you, I think there were, there were three managers back then that you'd love to see just, like, lose their shit, right? Billy it, it, Martin, Earl Billy Weaver. Billy Martin and, and, and Tommy Lasorda. Yeah. And Tommy Lasorda. And I think it was Bill, uh, Billy Martin was another, I mean, he was just another, we could do a whole show on Billy Martin stories. Uh, but, yeah, Earl Weaver was, but Earl Weaver and Luciano had a feud going back to the minor leagues.
1: I, I have a story about Tommy Lasorda, and my mother's gonna my mother's gonna hate me for the story, but I've, I, it's, it's a very distinct and vivid memory for me yeah. about one of his feuds. So I remember watching a Dodgers game in the late eighties as a young child with my with my parents, and Lasorda was going—I don't know who the umpire was, but I, Lasorda was going at it. I think he had already been run at that point, and he's just up in this guy's face, and Lasorda's got this fucking huge wad of chaw in his cheek and he's just going a million miles a minute. And that spit is coming out fast and furious. It's Brown. It's disgusting. Everyone gets on Roberto Alomar for spitting. This was far more grotesque than anything Roberto Alomar ever did. uh, No matter how intentional that was. Yeah. I know what you're saying. But I remember, but Lasorda even in the heat of the moment and as angry as he was and as much as he lost his shit, composed himself enough to say holy crap, I have this mouthful of just chaw and he this is on screen on national television he just turns his shoulder and just spits out this huge cloud of waterfall tobacco and it is my mother, this is why it's vivid. My mother, I, it's the first vivid recollection I can have of seeing someone actually like like throwing up into their mouth. My mother just had this like conniption; uh. she, she was so grossed out by it. Um, sorry, mom. It's one of it's one of my it's one of my very vivid stories of Tommy Lasorda. That's why it, it came to it came up to in in memory of it. But it, it the in a lot of ways, this is kind of a lost art form. A lot. I mean, there's still you know there's still people that get run all the time. There's still people that lose. their cool. Um, but like, I think it, 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 in a lot of ways it is a lost art, like Lupinella, I think was like the last great manager to be able like the, the, the art of the argument, I'll call it mm-hmm. where they, the, the perfect, uh, combination of like, like lost temper, uh, and articulation in the form of just like antic was just really, really really done well by like Lou and again like these guys like you go back and watch Earl Weaver clips man I mean the guy the guy was the guy was just a fucking maniac yeah he was and and I and yeah I'm here I'm here for it man no one argues like managers did in the 70s like they were just oh no
0: they no they didn't uh I mean I wasn't
1: around back then but I fucking love the YouTube clips I'll go back no yeah
0: but I mean look even I know Charlie had his moments with the umpire but it wasn't Charlie Manuel wasn't like those guys in the 70s I'll even admit that well, Jonathan Herring just said too. Bobby Cox,
1: I loved Bobby. Yeah, the nineties. Bob, Bobby
0: Cox was the guy yeah. who brought it through the nineties into the 2000s. Yeah, him and him
1: and Sweet Lou, Bobby. Yeah, yeah him and Sweet yeah. Lou were just fucking great, man. Yeah, they were, we, I, we,
0: I loved it. Yeah, we don't have we don't have those guys anymore. Yeah, but uh, I agree. Bobby Cox was a great one. I man, even with the Blue Jays, Bobby Cox was pretty fiery. I remember too. Well, he was with the Blue Jays before the uh, Braves, so.
1: Well, and it was like it was like this 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 changing of the guard, so to speak. As Tori was, it, it, as Cox was coming in, and he was kind of carrying it through the nineties, like you said. The, then the the this this new era of management, like Joe Torrey. Joe Torre, comp- yeah. yeah, the composed, the stoic.
0: I I remember, you know, yeah, you know, the year after Tori won the World Series, the Yankees kind of had a down year, and I remember people like he just sits there in he's stoic I okay? it and I remember people because they they weren't used to that in the Yankee manager. Um that you know everyone it was Tor- Tori Tory was only eleven years removed from the Billy Martin era you gotta remember. It wasn't that long when mm-hmm. so yeah that was a good one. Good stuff. Yep. No my, mine's not really
1: a trip mine's not wasn't a trivia question. It was just something that I remember too. Um uh, I, I I remember this. Uh, I remember this game. Uh, I saw the t- two, probably the two last significant games of Nolan Ryan's career. I, I saw. I I remember watching um, him blow out his arm, and I think it was almost a month later, September fifteenth, nineteen ninety three, when it was the last pitch he ever threw. Yep. Uh, and he blew out his arm on it, and and the the express finally finally came to a stop. And um,
0: He was forty six at this point, too.
1: It, it—that's the only way his career had to end. Like it had to. it, like it, had, it was, something had to give. Yeah. Like otherwise, he'd still be pitching. Like, um, but it was his last. Th- this was uh, August fifteenth, nineteen ninety three. Was his last victory. This his last win. Yep. Do you know who his
2: manager was? Um. It was before Johnny Oates, right?
0: Before so, Johnny Oaks, yeah and it wasn't bobby it was um bobby. i actually thought, cuz you may know this manager that's why i'm asking it um i don't think he i don't think you're a fan of this manager it's oh god i but he's a good baseball man he was a good baseball man this guy but i think you were probably weren't it, a fan of him as a manager and
1: it's a, it's after dent right it was after bucky dent well, yeah bucky this, this this was after bucky dent
0: Bucky did Bucky manage the Rangers? I didn't remember. I know he got traded to the Rangers. I don't remember that's, Bucky managing the Rangers. That's what I'm thinking of. Um,
2: um, this is before Oats. Who was before Oats? He managed Valentine. Wasn't Valentine. Valentine was fired the year before. before. So.
1: Cause then Toby, it was Toby Harrah who came up. Yeah. Who finished the season. He was the interim
4: manager. Toby Harrah um,
0: finished the season. Yeah. When George Bush famously so, fired George W. Bush famously fired Bobby Valentine. Was that Kevin Kennedy? Mm-hmm. Okay. Good baseball guy. Not a great manager. You know, he managed the Red Sox after that. That's why I mentioned that. Yeah. I don't think he goes down as one of the great managers, but he was uh, a good baseball man. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think he was a good baseball man for sure. He just wasn't a guy. I don't think he, he, he had it. I mean, he won some games. I mean, he won the division for you guys, but I just felt, you know, he just, uh, they got rid of him. You know, he had two winning years and they got rid of him. Uh, but I think he really made his mark as a, I thought he was a good broadcaster. That's why. I, and I liked well, well, Kevin
1: Kennedy was in a lot of ways like he was the, he, he, as much as I shit on both Buck show, Walter, and it's fucking justified. It, it, Show Walter was kind of Buck, you don't shit on Buck this year. It's not the, his fault. Show Walter like ushered in the we're on Washington era, right? Who Kevin Kennedy, he? Kevin Kennedy ushered in the Johnny Oates era. Yeah. Which they had those dominant years at the top yeah. of the I AL mean ad.
0: Johnny Oates, unfortunately, yeah. I mean he got sick, uh is what happened. Mm-hmm. So yeah. But yeah, that was a uh, that was 1993 So yeah, big day in sports history. Uh we will always remember that Nolan Ryan uh 17 years before Cigar Coop came was uh the uh won his last game. Okay, let's go keep continuing to history. Uh I'm grabbing
1: a water while you do this intro here.
0: Okay, so this is our American history segment uh where we challenge Bear. We've we've kind of retooled this a bit. We may retool it a little more. But for now, we're going to keep it as American history, um, and uh, I have um, three questions for Bear on this tonight. So, um, are you ready? Hit me. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna go back to the number thirteen, and we're gonna all these questions are related to the thirteen colonies, slash the first thirteen states. You know the thirteen colonies that became the first thirteen states. I think you'll get all of these correct. The third one was was one I was I think is the toughest one. So real quick,
1: kid, I interject because I th- I don't think it's part of this trivia question. Did you know that Delaware, one of the original thirteen colonies, actually wasn't even wasn't even created until the the the, uh, the Declaration of Independence?
0: Yeah, wasn't it like it was a Swedish colony and then it got absorbed by Pennsylvania and then it got spun right. off again correct yeah right yeah that's what had happens and it ended up becoming the first state ironically yeah the yeah the irony of everything Yep. Yeah. um uh, and i think it's uh so keep that in mind um when we do this well actually no don't because that's not one of the answers no i don't think it is all right so first question which of the 13 colonies had the alternate name of new caesar caesarea new caesarea caesarea yep
2: Uh, that would be,
0: that would be New Jersey. Correct. Correct. New Jersey. Yeah. I only knew that because I lived in New Jersey and I found that out very, like years after I lived in New Jersey, by the way, I never learned that in school. So, uh, yep. I don't remember why it was called that. Do you know? I don't, I don't know. Uh, there was, there was a strong,
1: um, there was a strong contingent of Eastern European that lived there. Just like um, Maryland was the colony for Catholics, you know, so Maryland was the colony for Catholics, Uh, the, the, the Quakers, you know, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. So uh, in a a lot of ways, the, a lot uh, is, you know, as the 13 colonies were founded, they were basically, uh, you know, there were colonies, there were communities for uh, ostracized communities uh, of specifically Great Britain, but most, I mean, you could,
2: uh, but Europe as a whole.
0: Yep. Yep. All right. The second question Which of the 13 colonies actually established its own constitution prior to the American Revolution?
2: Prior to the, revolu- prior to the
0: revolution? Prior to the revolution, they put, a, they put, their own constitution. Okay, because
2: I was yep. going to
1: say all the almost all the colonies actually established their own constitution prior to the U.S. Constitution.
0: Right. That's why I said prior to it, the American. This was the first yeah. of the of those colonies to put anything that resembled a constitution in. Right, because like that was that
1: was the impetus of the Articles of Confederation becoming debunked, like basically correct, not, yeah. not debunked, but like thwarted in okay. favor of the U.S. Constitution. Yep. yep. Uh, Massachusetts is the correct answer for the f- uh, post post revolution.
4: Yep.
2: Um pre-revolution fuck. Um
0: This has got to be like 1630-1640s, right? Yep. You are you are you are in the right time frame. Oh
2: god. I was going to say New Hampshire, but then that threw me. You're, you're close. Is it, if this is the answer, we definitely have a theme here, right? Uh Because New
1: Jersey is like your home. We're celebrating Cigar Coop 13 years. I'm going to go with,
2: is it Connecticut? It's Connecticut,
0: which I did live in Connecticut for a short time.
2: Okay. We definitely have a theme here. I look
0: I had, we had a residence in Connecticut. I should say my wife and I, Uh, okay. Yeah, we had a we had a, a place that, like when I had a job up there. We had a we had an apartment up there for a while, yeah.
1: So what was the year? I I did, I'd, I'd be fucking guessing. Like I said 1630s, is What what do you have the year?
0: All I know is it's the 1630s. Okay. Yeah, when I looked at this. Yeah. So I'd have to do a uh um I'd have to do some more 1630. It was like 1638. It was. It was an educated guess. Sean Miles. He said he guessed it and got it. Question mark. Yeah. Yes. I. It, it was an educated guess. Yep. All right. And this last one. I almost said New Hampshire for the record. Just FYI. Yep. yep. <laughs> New Hampshire. Was, you were in the right. You were in the right area. All right. And the last question. Which of the thirteen colonies was actually sold back? to the British crown. North Carolina, final answer. Yep. <laughs> so there was a little theme in all these. No, that's no, that one's easy because like if it was North I, by the way, I did not know that one until You didn't recently. know this? Oh, this is such a great part of North Carolina history. It, yeah, like, I didn't yeah. I was not good on my North- American
1: history. This is the reason North Carolina and South Carolina exist, too, because yep. so North Carolina was founded because there was a group of wealthy people who actually came. it was like it was the only it was the only community that wasn't this ostracized religious group for the most part.
0: It was like a private feudal yeah, was, society. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. They wanted to like they they so the these rich fucking white people wanted to create North Carolina and. <laughs> Slavery, slavery wasn't good enough for them, so they wanted to create a serfdom. I shit you not, this is a great story. Bring back medieval it, times. Yes, the, dating back to medieval times in ancient Rome, they wanted to create a feudal society that was hereditary and generational. Um, basically, established in the United States. Yep. Like, like no, slavery wasn't slavery wasn't like wasn't intense enough for these people. So they wanted to create. They wanted to create. They wanted to create their own like pre renaissance society inside the United States, which is absolutely comical. Yep. And when they fucking like, they, they, they welched on all their debts and they couldn't pay anything back. And then they were sold back to the crown. And so yep. the North Carolina holds the distinction of being one of the only 13 colonies that, that tr- true to its core is, is, is British is, is a hundred percent British property, not just a British colony. So, um, <laughs> yeah, great, <laughs> great quote. I love I I love, it. I love that, man. I love the story of North Carolina. It's fantastic.
0: Good one, Bear, man. You didn't, there was no hesitation with that one. I thought that was going to be the hardest of the three. So, all right. So, Bear, uh, three for three again, Bear. Uh, the
1: pre, the pre-revolution thing got me. Like, I mean, let's just call it, dude, that was, a, I mean, it was an educated guest, but it was Because also, it could,
0: I wanted to make it not ambiguous. That's why I said that. Yeah. Yeah. Um.
1: But Massachusetts John Adams in Massachusetts is the yeah. answer for
2: post post revolution. Yeah, that's why Michael's. I knew
0: that could be ambiguous. That's why I I I I uh I changed it. Yeah. Well not changed it, but clarified it. All right. So that was our American history segment. Oh, uh, hey, uh Tobacco USA contest is gonna be up in the next few days. Uh we're running a lot of parallel contests on Coop right now, and I don't want to overcomplicate it. So there will be a a uh tobacco essay giveaway. Stay tuned for that. Um And uh, uh, I'll announce what the prize is on that as well. But we're going to get into our Tobacco USA Great Things Are Happening Here segment. Sponsored by Tobacco USA. Mike is of those iconic brands such as Monte Cristo, Romeo Julieta, H. Upman and Aging Room Cigars. Tobacco USA, great things are happening here. So this is where we look at some good news stories um, in uh, the world. And Bear and I each pick one. uh Bear, I'm gonna have you kick it off first uh this week.
1: Yeah, this is a this is a pretty cool story. Um, and it's 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 a it's a tearjerker. Always is. I with Bear, yeah. I I love I. We we say this every week. Uh, or every every episode. Um, I love this. I love this segment. Um, and I love the good news at GoodNewsNetwork.org. Man, it is it's fantastic um and it it's so many so oftentimes a lot of the stories that are featured on goodnewsnetwork.org are, are is always a uh, I, I if you could carry a theme across all this there's a lot of great stories about innovation and you know forward thinking and everything but one of the things the themes that kind of resonates through the goodnewsnetwork.org and it's really quite sad that these stories like these don't really hit the mainstream as often as they should yeah but what's really particularly beautiful about the theme is selflessness, you know, and oftentimes there are so many times in, in, in our society, right? And when people act with such, such disregard for their own interests, disregard for their own health, disregard for their own safety, uh, uh, for nothing else, for nothing else other than uh, if it's the right thing to do. And um and uh, you'll be, you'll, you'll share the story here. Hopefully uh, as I'm talking about it, Um, it's the details aren't coming up for me, but uh, I'll I'll basically just sum it up with this. It it was a, a a police officer who actually jumped a fence to save a chained dog uh, from a, a, a burning fire, even as the fire intensified and, and was becoming even more severe. This is a police officer. This is not a fireman. So he did not have he did not have on bunker gear. He was not, well, he was not suitably protected. And this, we're not talking about a person, you know, we're talking about a self, you know, we're talking about a, 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 a defenseless animal that was chained and there's no escape for this animal. Oh, and, um, my own opinions about chaining dogs, we can get to it another time. Cause that's another yeah. form of just cruelty yeah. that, but, um, it, it, it's 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 a wonderful story. Um, uh, again about selflessness, and it it th- my ad- we've talked about this before, My admiration for for veterans and for first responders is is well documented. But it it we, we we've talked it up before. We had years years ago on the show we talked about. Um, I believe we the 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 the, uh, the topic of the the Boston Marathon bombing came up. And we were talking about that, you know, natural human reaction, you, me, normal people, okay, there's nothing wrong with us, we're not evil, we're not bad people, we're good people. But a normal human reaction, when a bomb goes off, or a fire, or some kind of element of danger, is the instinct is to run away. That is a natural human reaction, to run away from danger right? That's, we we are born with that instinct. Okay. There's nothing wrong with this. It doesn't make us bad people,
2: but there is a, there is a certain aspect of, of a select few men and women that, that
1: grace us with their life in society that go the other direction. Yep. Their instinct is to not run away. Their instinct is to fight their natural instinct to run away, but to run toward the danger. And not just toward the danger. They're not glory-seeking. They're not, they're not in it for kicks. Some might be. But their natural, their their natural human instinct is to run toward the danger, not just run toward the danger, but to help those in need. And in this case, it's not even a person,
2: it's a defenseless animal. And I mean, make no mistake about it, this man's life was in danger. Every step of this. And it's it's stories like this that really get me because I I
1: often say it's I don't know. I, I love I love I love my dogs. I love my animals. I love my children. I, I I'm hoping if if ever faced in a similar situation that adrenaline has me
2: going the wrong direction but i'm so thankful that for the people that do so and that's the story beautiful that's a that's a good one yeah that's a tearjerker. i can tell you that i was like wow that's cruel yeah what you know
0: mine's not mine's not as heartbreaking uh but mine is one i, I i've always loved it, this type of story um there have been dozens of message in a bottles that are cropping up in various parts of the world. Um, and it was actually a, a bunch of these um, bottles were thrown like hundreds of bottles were thrown off by a, a commercial fisherman from Nantucket named Pennell Ames. And uh, he's a fisherman, and he basically, for a six-year period, started throwing hundreds of these bottles off his boat in the Great South Channel, which is an area by Nantucket, uh, Massachusetts, Nantucket Island. And what's amazing is that um, there are um, 80 people that have recovered these bottles over the years, including some recently. Now, this is the part that I think is amazing. The bottles are turning up in all parts of the world. Now, they, they're they staying in the northern hemisphere because of the currents, from what I understand. None of them have made it south to the equator. But they have turned up in Portugal, Spain, France, Ireland, Great Britain, Florida, Caribbean, including one recently in the Turks and Caicos Islands, and the Canary mm-hmm. Islands. Um, And I guess there's been various letters of various things. They don't go into too much detail what's in the letters. Um, and what's interesting is that this was a very planned out effort by, uh, Mr. Ames and his wife and kids. Uh, they actually, uh, basically pr- found a way, uh, to preserve the paper inside the glass and seal it really well. Cause you, know, these things can, you know, they have to be sealed because who, the letters could end up not being read if they're not sealed right. So basically, uh, the letters you know people are able to open the bottles and and show the list. I used to do message in a bottles as a kid I go to the beach in Staten Island and I throw it into the ocean right That's I don't cute. know I don't know if it ever turned up anywhere right I didn't do a lot of them right I, I don't we're gonna be I, do, we're gonna be featuring a story with your letter one day Coop. yeah I, I I threw them I threw them in like 1977 so uh and they were in um yeah so or um, glass, glass they they were glass they were glass bottles I used uh, and, uh, we didn't have cork either. We were like rubber banding them and stuff. So, uh, it wasn't as cool cause I didn't have cork for, they like soda bottles basically. So, uh, so yeah, mine have not turned up just, you know, uh, but I will just pull up this picture here. It has, a, um, these are, I guess, uh, some of the, some of these letters have made it back to the people who, uh. Because there's, there's, I guess in there, there was a uh, a return envelope where you could send this stuff back. Uh, I don't know how they did it with the stamps, right? That was the part that wasn't clear to me either. But let me pull up the, uh, the so you can see that. And there it is. There is just some of the ones they got back. And you can see it's they're all dressed back to Penel Ames. So there was something back where they can return, uh, indicating that they got got the got the bottle and so so they that's how we know a lot of these have turned up because they they were sent back to them so that's cool. I it was pretty cool so I'm, a, I'm always into a good message in a bottle story i would like to know what some of these letters said but uh but it's still a good story yeah so all right so we got one more segment uh we're going to be doing some more uh this is gonna be around we're gonna look at the last 13 years and a little bit of a different perspective um, but first, uh, let me mention, um, Michael's tobacco. So, uh, for, mm, ugh, that didn't work. Let's try it again. For just over a decade of ownership, Michael's tobacco has become the premier tobacconist for the Dallas Fort Worth Metro area and cigar patrons the world over with two convenient locations in Euless, just a quick dawn from the DFW airport and Keller, Texas. Michael's tobacco stands as a beacon for the Texas cigar retailers. Michaels was the very first cigar lounge in the state of Texas to add a full bar to its list of ever-growing accommodations. Proprietor Mike Peacock, as a former IPCR board member, has now made Michaels a family affair by having his son Bob join the ownership force. Together, they have brought a true and blessed mainstay for their respective communities. Whether you're celebrating an anniversary, birthday, home one or just a desire to relax, Michaels Tobacco will have the perfect cigar waiting with an exquisite beverage pairing and a lively conversation. Visit michaelstobacco.com for more details and a calendar of upcoming events. Michael's Tobacco, not just a cigar shop, but the perfect blend of Texas hospitality and the days of yore. All right. Um, let's kind of get into this last segment here. Um, and this is, uh, so Bear, in this I have a series of eight questions that we can both answer. And the context of how these questions have to be answered, and there's no wrong answers to any of these is we're looking at everything since 2010. All right. So I'm not gonna say it has to be August 15th, right? But it has to be something from 2010 onward that um you, you have to answer as far as that goes. Does that make okay. sense?
4: Sure. I'll
0: say I'll that mean, one more time just to be clear. Just yeah. I'm sorry. So so I'm gonna ask you eight questions. They're they're open ended questions. There's no wrong answer. Uh they're more opinion but uh the 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 parameters are the answer has to be it has to fall between two thousand ten and two thousand thirteen. Uh, excuse two thousand twenty three. So the last thirteen years. Okay. also uh, so there there are like current event type questions, there's cigar questions in there. Um just think, and I by the way, I threw one in there. There was seven I drew I drew one in there if you didn't see it. So there's an audible in there. But I think I don't think it's a hard one, that's why. So question seven is the audible. So uh, I, I did felt we had to put that one in. Okay. All right. So here is your first question. Now, this is related to a cigar release. So we're talking cigar release. And I want to know what is the most important cigar release in the last 13 years that this industry has seen?
2: Jesus. The most
0: important cigar release yeah.
2: in the this last one was 30- e-
0: This one was easy for me, by the way. Well, what, you went with La Aurora? It wasn't La Aurora because that was too limited. And I think the reason why I didn't answer La Aurora, Cien Años, Maduro is because I think Cien Años, if I had gone last 25 years, you could make an argument it was very important in the last 25, but it's not the Cien Años for me.
2: It doesn't have to even be your favorite cigar. Got the most important cigar release in the last thirteen years.
1: Um, well, my mind does go to one of my favorite brands uh, because I think it ushered in a new era for that company. And it, it, and as we talked about at this year's... there is trade- a
0: brand. There is a brand question coming up. Just so you know.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I my okay. So my instinct, my instinct, or my gut, my like my knee jerk reaction was Chapter One, uh, by La Florida Minicana because again i think it ushered in a new era for what that company represented okay um and um into its own into its into its own vernacular so to speak so
2: the <sighs> Delusions? What year what okay. no? I'm here. What year did what year did League of Provada get re- re- released? It was before
1: that. Okay. I'm gonna go with Fleur, I'm gonna go with Florida Lascentiles from my father.
0: Uh, uh yeah, I could see that one. That's a good so, one.
1: Because what I think what that brand represented was the iconic principle of the of of my father's cigars. My father cigars has has established itself as this 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 conduit this go-between the the old guard the padron the fuente into this 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 new era of cigar making right now like if you talk about 2023 like my father isn't thought of as new right no but it, you know at the you know at the very beginning or in this in this era that we're talking about it very much was in its in its infancy right and what Florida Los Antilles represented, for me at least, is um not just what my father is and would become for for this industry, but the cigar represented it's represented a cigar truly. I think what I love about that particular blend and that particular cigar is that it's its notoriety is is it's it's a brand for the people yeah it's a it's an it's not a high dollar cigar it's not one of this uber limited now they did release the anniversary last year limited edition that was a it was a you know that that uber luxury you know price point yeah. but the the original the originator is the, is the the cigar for the people
0: yeah yeah no it's a good answer that's a very good answer it wasn't mine, but that's a good answer.
2: So mine. I
0: think this was an absolute game changer. Um, It changed the way people looked at this company. It changed the way people started even branding cigars. And
2: it was Davidoff Nicaragua for me.
0: Oh, that's a good one. So, and it and it was 2012 that that one came out, or 13, it was, it may have been 13, I should know that, but, uh, yeah, I, uh, no, it was Davidoff, it was 2013, because it was Vegas, so it was 2013 when that one came out, so think about, you know, again, everyone looked at Davidoff, this this ushered in the whole innovation wave at Davidoff, uh, Hanky right. Kellner blends a, a cigar in the Dominican with all Nicaraguan tobacco, and then what does everyone do after that? They got to come out with their interpretation of Nicaragua. So we start seeing, uh, you know, Cohiba Nicaragua has come out. Uh, you know, there was a Everything. lot of Everything. Monte,
1: Cristo, Monte Cristo has a Nicaragua. H. Upman has a Nicaragua. Nicaragua. Like Romulo and Juliet has a
0: Nicaragua. Everyone has a Nicaraguan cigar. Yeah. All ha- yeah, but and it was branded as Nicaragua all because of this cigar and the impact. Far- Farce has a Nicaragua now. Just We're going to stay on theme. Which one? Farce. one hundred and one has a Far- Nicaragua. Farce has a Nicaragua, yes. That's correct. That was a, little, yep. So uh, I don't think it would have all happened if it wasn't for Davidoff. So I got to put, uh, you know, that. And I think you started seeing some cigar makers in the Dominican really focus on Nicaraguan Puros. And I'm not saying that, but Ernesto, for example, started, you know, obviously Encore comes out a few years later. That's his Nicaraguan Puro he comes out with. Uh, I think it just, I think it opens, it changed the industry a lot. It changed the way people looked at Davidoff for a long time, too. You know, and it wouldn't have been an road It wouldn't have been a Yamasa if it were. Right. Wasn't, yeah, well, life. it
1: it ushered in this 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 era of copycats. And I don't mean to be derogatory with that term. Yeah. No, I. Yeah. yeah. But it, it it ushered in this era of copycats around the Nicaragua. But what it did was is it 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 established what had strong become earlier in the decade and earlier in the 2000s of what Nicaragua is today. So, you know, there, there, we're at a pivotal moment in, in our, in history, Coop, particularly with this industry. And we've heard, you know, and we've seen people moving operations or at least diversifying outside of Nicaragua for the first time since the eighties. Yeah. Right. Uh, there's, there's, you know, this is going to be some interesting next decade in the cigar industry and how Nicaragua is, you know, how Nicaragua will continue to shape the fabric of this industry. But what David, would to your, to just to, to, to build on your point here, Davidoff Nicaragua represented what had long been kind of in the, had been kind of back building into this, 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 this eruption of, of what would become, you know, what would become our, 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 our industry today. So, um, you know,
0: I, uh, man, great pick. Yeah, solid. So, yeah, really cool. Good nice. point. All right. We're going to stay on, we're going to stay in the cigar world. And the next question is I'm going to ask you the most important cigar company to launch or cigar brand to launch. I'll count brand as well if you want. So, in other words, this company and brand could not exist prior to 2010, it had to be brand new, brand spanking new. So when I say brand, I'm not talking LFD chapter one. Um, no, you're talking about LFD. Using obviously, LFD was I'm using Rock. LFD. But if you were, for example, if you wanted to say um, that. Um, uh, what's what's something that's out there? It's a brand like um, this isn't the answer,
1: but Crux. This isn't the answer, but crux is an example of what
0: you're Yeah talking. but if you if you wanted to say like for example, uh, STG came out with that uh, Odyssey series, like you know, I'd I count that because that was a okay. brand, a brand, but yeah, but yeah, but they could not it could not have existed prior to 2010.: uh, this is just within the last couple of years this is an easy answer for me. it's Placentia. That was my answer. No doubt it yeah. wasn't I, w- I was at hobby last night, actually in Miami. And we had in and uh I had already written these questions and I had a whole con and and, and man, we had a great conversation about this. Uh and yeah, it was placenta without a doubt it's placent now because we're counting Placentia as the that's why I said brand was a little key. Yes, they've been around for a while, but they got into the whole brand market right now. And I'm telling you what they everything they touch is turning to gold. And I'm and I talked to Javi about this. Well, they're definitely positioning themselves on an ultra premium brand. That's how they're doing this right now. So uh, yeah, it's Placencia hands down. Mm-hmm. I I don't think there's a second. Like I couldn't think of a second one that was as close. I mean, Crux has done a nice job, but I, you can't put them on the same level as Placencia. There, there have been plenty of brands that
1: have that have been built. Like I had, you know, I mean. Um, you know, Sebastian Cavalier Geneva, Ian Reith and Dapper Cigars, uh, Skip and Mike at Roma Craft, um, you know, Croc Cigars. like Roma Craft actually
0: qualified for the 2010-11s when they came out. Yeah.
1: All the brands I just listed have been within the last 10, the last 13 years. Yeah. And like the, so I mean, there are brands that are, well, HVC, Rainier, Rainier Lorenzo, right? Yeah. Um. You know,
0: you could you could say you could say Foundation, you could say Dumbarton, Dumbarton Tobacco and Trust as well. That but would have I, been that would have been the other one I thought people would answer was Foundation or Dumbarton. But Placentia from a global level, they globally are building this brand, too. It's not just a U.S. brand. That's why I said Dumbarton and Foundation are not global brands. I, I, I That's why I thought, you know, I thought, I you know, I you know, Dumbarton would have been the next one, in my opinion. But yeah. And if I said maybe U.S. only, you could make the art, But 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 yeah. Placencia, what they've done is nothing short of it's incredible. And that's not taking anything away from like Dunbar, but yeah, it was Placencia. Yeah,
1: I, I what's Steve, Steve and Nick, and some of the other contemporaries that we mentioned have built have built something very special. And they're you know, we've talked about this. They are the, you know, they they are the. They're the, uh, again, to use the word du jour, conduit. They are the conduit into whatever the next generation will be. Yep. We talked about how Matt and his group of friends, right? Huber,
0: Johnson, Rico, Jonathan Drew, Dion. Crownheads, you know, should get some consideration too. Yeah. Yeah, How many trade shows are we going to Crown Heads and people are just how excited every year people are excited about the Crown Heads? Yeah, yeah. I mean, but again, I would say where they kind of the problem I had with Crown Heads and I talked about a lot of brands have gone away. um, And I don't think they've globally had the same impact. Placencia. Well,
1: the way that I interpret the question too, you you can talk about global impact too, but like when I think of global, I think of just even I, I even if yeah. we just narrowed the spectrum down to the United yeah. States, still Placencia still has such a vast fingerprint on the American market. Yep. Not just
2: their, Not just this brand, but they're also continuing to do other stuff too. So. Yep.
0: That's. All right. So let's go we're going to stick with cigars. We're going to then after this we'll move away from cigars and the last question will be a cigar one. All right. Minus the F anything related to the FDA. What is the most important cigar story in the last 13 years? So you can't count anything related to FDA. So you can't count last week. What
1: about the what about the decision last, last year?
0: Nothing related to the FDA.
1: Oh, nothing related to the FTA. nothing related to the FDA. What was the most important cigar story of the past thirteen years?
0: Impactful. We're already getting, by the way, the Steve Saka complaints uh, from people about we didn't put Saka on the list. Short sure, Miles is leading, leading Saka, leading the
2: leading leading the good
0: fight. Um, yeah.
2: This one I had
0: an easy one too. But you may look okay. at it differently. You may look at okay. it differently. Well,
1: I, I, it's actually it's actually I think I think Steve Soccer plays a part in this, right? I uh, think it I think it's I think it's I think it's Swisher's acquisition of Drew Estate.
0: Big one. That's a big one. It's a good one. I didn't because think it I, because I,
1: because what that represented was this this again, this wave of what would become like, now we're talking about, there's an acquisition almost every year.
2: Right. Yep. um, But it it it, 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 it has to be that because what
1: it, it, it was a recognition Swisher, Swisher's acquisition of Drew Estate was a recognition of the traditional cigar making world, right? The power brokers, the big players, the truly big players in tobacco,
2: recognizing how special
0: how special these brands are. It's a that's a big one, actually. It's a good I didn't think it. that one. It's a really good one. Because if you Coop, if you think about it too, <clears throat> like the what
1: what STG Altadis, you know, etc. Altria and everything these, these these Swisher these major players in the world of tobacco have done they've done for over a hundred years and here comes here comes the premium boutique cigar industry leading the charge out of the boom and out of the sh- out of the dust and the shadows of the boom rise these players, right? That have made such a, to your point earlier, have made such a global impact in the world of tobacco. We're not talking about just cigars here, right? And the acquisition of Drew Estate represented a a profound respect
2: and turning point in our industry. Recognizing what, how special, how special these brands are and how, how, how truly authentic, unique, and special these cigar makers are. Yep.
0: So that's, that's my answer. So my answer, I've answered this in a previous article. Um, It's the same two, like, there's one story. I had two stories when I did this the the runner up was opening up a Cuba, but um if they'd oh, if they'd lifted the embargo it would have been number one but the number one story I still think it changed the industry is lost and found the concept of of the lost and found would it changed the industry there were you know it has um. Mm-hmm. This idea of going into the factories, finding releases, rebranding them, and smelling them, as, smelling them, selling them as small batch—I still think that changed everything in this industry. It changed every the way every company looked at you know. General started doing it. You know, every company. Davidoff, I even started doing it with some of the with the vault releases. It was, it changed everything. It changed everything how we how cigars were sold, how they were branded, how they were packaged. Um, and you got to give it up to Caldwell, Tony Bellato, and Jacqueline Sears, who started that lost and found movement. And if it wasn't for that, which I don't know, I'm not saying they were the first, but they made it the most popular. They were the ones who were very open about it. Cause I think there were a few companies that were doing it already beforehand. I think like Foundry was doing some of it. Right. But, um, but no, I, I think that is the biggest story. Cuba would be my second one, but I don't, I, I, the reason why I picked lost and found over Cuba. This affected everyone who was a cigar consumer in one form or another. It it had, it had monumental effects that we're still seeing today. Um, So that's why I picked that one.
2: All right. We got a couple of baseball ones.
0: So the uh, two baseball ones coming up. First one, best major league baseball team, single season Over the past, so in the past 13 years, you can count the 2010 season. What team had the best single season of any team? I'm not saying what was the best team over the past 13 years, but name that team in the year they had it.
2: probably it was probably one of the most exciting world series that we've seen in the last 13 years if not the
1: most exciting i've the 2016 chicago cubs
0: i i had a feeling you were going to answer that one um it was
1: is yeah. a madden led team you have yeah. to like this was forget what they became and forget what they are today This was this was the next what was going to be the next generation of Hall of Fame players. Now, probably, arguably one, maybe two may even get there or anything. But like, like Javi Baez, by the way, was a fucking reserve on this team, by the way. (laughs) Um, Chris Bryant. Anthony Rizzo.
2: Addison Russell. Jason Hayward, Dexter Fowler. Baez was a well, Baez was a reserve. Um, you know their
1: their rotation of Lester, Arietta, Hendricks, uh, John Lackey, and I think
4: I can't remember the other guy. The,
1: they had the perfect blend of veteran leadership, young talent. That was just this incredible mix of this was a, t- this was a team of future, what was slated to be huge future, future hall of famers. And and we might see a couple come out of it. Probably not to be honest. Uh, Cause some of them have just fallen off. Uh, Addison Russell's fallen completely off out of grace. Like, you know, his, his out, off the field troubles are well-documented, but you know, um, yeah, man, uh, I think it's, it's gotta be the 16 Cubs. I mean, I you you want the Homer and me to say one of the Red Sox teams, right? But
0: no, like, I, I uh, no, I mean, I, I it's an honest answer. Yeah, um, yeah,
2: it's yeah, it's got to be, it's got to be that or um, man, the 2012 Giants were fucking magical, dude.
1: <laughs> fucking swept the Tigers. Uh, I mean that that
2: that rotation was just sick. Um, Bruce Bochy did an incredible job, but you have like you do have a Hall of Famer on that team. You have Buster Posey, you know.
1: Um, but like, I mean, but for the most part, like the rest of the team are just like Hall of Goods, you know. But that rotation was sick at the time, right? At the time, Matt Kane, Madison Bumgardner um You know Barry Zito's Renaissance that year, right? uh Tim Lincecum, Tim Lincecum in his prime, at his apex, was probably the closest we'll ever get to seeing Sandy Koufax. That that three and a half, four year stint of Tim Lincecum in his fucking just absolute prime, like there was nobody more electric on the mound like it it just it was a, it was an incredible thing to see and that was a that was a great that was a great that was a great squad too i know rob's gonna love me for saying that but it, it's it's either the 16 cubs or the 12 giants for me
0: like i had, I had another
1: team really? um uh,
0: now the cubs i will say were a very good pick uh they won the division by 17 and a half games over the cardinals they won 103 games I wanna say they had the best record that year, but definitely in the NL they did. But I gotta go and I and I, I know it's gonna sound what I said this last year. I said it last year. The 2022 Astros were the oh, best. Oh you f- oh come on, dude. They were uh mache- bear I said it going into the playoffs they were the, they were one of the best teams I've seen. Uh forget forget they they won a hundred and six games. And they manhandled. They they steamrolled in the playoffs. They weren't challenged. They were the best team.
1: Yeah, they did. They they swept. They swept all three rounds. Uh, two of the rounds, right? Two of the rounds. Yeah,
0: they they destroyed that Yankee team. Say what you want, was a good Yankee team. It's not like the garbage they put out this year, right? That was a good Yankee team last year, and they. They fucking laid I, down in the playoffs, though, man. Oh, they, well, they did, they did. And Houston just steamrolled them. They didn't have any mercy. And the fact that the Phillies went six games with that with them is nothing. I thought that we would be out in five games. Um, and we were up two one, and everyone was excited. And I said, "This is a dangerous. This is a dominant, dominant team at two thousand twelve Astros. It's one of the great. Te- it's going to go down as one of the great teams." Uh, nothing against the Cubs. I think the Cubs would have been my second choice on that one. Um. For sure. So um, that's a good pick.
1: Too. I, I, I think it's 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 sullied, though. It's sullied by the underlying cheating scandal, though. That's it, but the that's, problem. I,
0: I think that was all cleared out. Like, I think it, it, the, it the
1: was. That- it was. But it, it, I think it was even for even like I think even like the most loyal of Astro fans will tell you.
0: I, I, I get it. That, yeah,
1: that it's like it, it was frustrating because it's like they didn't have to fucking cheat. Yeah. They have the fucking talent like they were that good. Like the, to your point, and yeah,
0: I mean the Cubs went to a very tough World Series with with a great world, one of the best World Series. Yeah, it was, it, it, it,
1: it was, I think it was the best World Series in the last thirteen years. Like, oh, it had, that was, like, that was the best. I world think world was, yeah, the
0: sto- everything about that was the script behind it and the games played made that the best World Series. I would agree. Um, you know, so yeah, I that's why I went with the Astros on that one. though. they just would they they didn't, you know, and and I I wonder what would have happened if the Braves. And or Dodgers had made it into the World Series, we'll never know. Um, but the fact is, they still won the World Series. Uh,
1: and that, spoke too. Last year's started. Last year's rotation for the Astros was so underwhelming, though. You
0: like it was. But that, bat, that bats were. Just, yeah. Oh yeah. Bullpen, they're they got good. Bull, they got good bullpen. Yeah. You know, a lot of ways, the nineteen Astros had a better rotation. Uh, you know, they uh, you think, colors. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah colors. Yeah. They had Garrett but they, Cole, but they had everything. I mean, that team. Like I said they would dom. Like I said they dominated the twenty twenty two season. They just dominated it. It wasn't even. Uh, it wasn't even close. They they destroyed Seattle. Like, well, they they beat? Who they beat? They beat Seattle. The Yankees. They swept
1: Seattle. They swept the Yankees, and then they won. They won the series four games to two.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that Seattle team wasn't a bad team either. They had that one game. Seattle hung in that extra inning game, and it was kind of they ran out of gas with that one. <laughs> All right. Well, along those teams, and I think this is going to be an easy one. Best Major League Baseball player of the last 13 years. Oh, show you, Tani. Yeah. It would have been Trout if it was a decade. if it was a decade. It's not even it was, close. No, if it was a decade. Last decade, it's trout. Otani really didn't come till after that, right? When did Otani didn't come till after? now it's Otani. Yes, I, I I don't agree.
1: Shohei Otani is the greatest baseball player of all time.
0: Well, let's see. Uh let's see how long it lasts. Um, it doesn't matter how long it lasts, Coop. This is this is this is magic that we're saying. We're seeing, I mean, he's having one of the greatest seasons of all time. Groups of seasons, man. Groups. And by the way, he should have been the MVP last year over. He should have absolutely should have been over Aaron Judge. I don't want to hear about Aaron Judge's. Uh, I don't want to hear about it. This guy was absolutely. It was a great season.
1: Aaron Judge's was a great season. It was yeah. it, it was an all time season. But when you compare it to Otani, uh, it, it's it's yeah.
0: So it, but, but yeah, Otani came in two thousand eighteen, um, and you know it really was like 2020's when we started to see what he was all about. Um in in five and a half years,
1: Shohei Otani has 168 home runs. And he has he has a he has hundred he has 168 home runs in five and a half seasons. He ha, he is he's batting 273,
2: which in this era is you know right in lines with the 300. His season this year,
1: he's batting 303 and his slash line his slash line is 303, 406, 61, and his OPS is one point zero six six right now. Yeah,
0: it's that's fucking disgusting. And he's a fucking phenomenal pitcher. Yeah, it's yeah, like I said, I I would agree it's not close anymore. It but it it is, but I'm just saying if if we did this at the end of 2019, I think it would have been trout. All right. Next question. Television shows. What is the best television series to debut in the last 13 years? Anything from 2010 onward. It had to have the first episode. Best television shows? Best television show. Yep. To to have its debut since 2010. Doesn't have to be on anymore. (sighs) But it had to have a, a,
1: This is such be, a weak sauce. So, this is such a weak sauce category for me. I'm not really a TV
2: guy. I'm more of a film guy. Yeah, I know, and I'm not the film guy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: when did when did the Sopranos debut? Oh, 1999. It was <laughs> off before 2010. Just oh like. yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, This is a throwaway category for me, Coop. I'm okay. just, I'm so.
0: You could skip it if you can't answer. It's okay.
1: Um, my favorite show debuted before it too. Um, I was a big Sons of Anarchy guy. It
2: debuted in like oh seven oh eight. So yeah, that was earlier. Uh. F- The last thirteen years, you know, billions certainly has to be up
0: there, right? You could put billions in there. Um, it's not my answer, but uh, I can see it. It's got to be Game of Thrones. Game
4: of
1: Thrones. It has like yeah, I, okay. I get it. I get I don't, it. I get, I don't it. I get it. you. You don't get it, and I don't get it, Coop. But the fucking world does. I, I get it. No, it's a good. It's a. It's, it's like a, that. And a, when did fucking Breaking Bad debut? Um, Breaking Bad. I think was before that. Uh, Breaking Bad was the note Yeah, it was was around the same time as Sons of Anarchy. Oh, fucking Randy Bush, real well, Housewives of the Orange County. Get the fuck out of here. That was before, uh, and that was before. Um,
0: yeah, Mad Men yeah, doesn't it's, count. It's, Mad yeah, Men is it's, not it's, Mad came out before 2010. Yeah, just so people know. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's yeah, it's Game of Thrones.
0: Okay, it's not it's Game, Game of, of Thrones. Thrones. Okay, but I can see the answer. I, it's a valid answer. There's it no did, wrong answer. Okay,
1: the cultural impact that that show has had. Like again, Coop, you don't get it. I don't get it. Right.
2: But the world does. Yeah. So I'm
0: answering this. Um, I'm answering this two ways. Personal and impactful. I probably should have said Game of Thrones for impactful. I just can't stand. It. I can't could get into it. So impactful. I had Boardwalk Empire. Uh, it was one of those Sunday night shows that we everyone Love. would talk about the next day.
1: was a great watching. fucking show.
0: Yeah, really good show. Uh, it. It's a great show. That was, and it came out in 2010, only a few weeks after Cigar Coop debuted. By the way, but I remember going into the old Outland Cigars, and we would just, we would, uh, we watched the replays. We 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 watched it Sunday night. We watched a replay in the lounge. It, it was it was a big big show for us there. The guys weren't Game of Thrones guys, but personally, the best show, hell on Wheels, for me. Fuck, dude, that that show was good that is a it just did but fucked. it wasn't the impactful it wasn't it was the show everyone talked about but it was so good hell on wheels common is probably
1: one of my favorite actors common did a tremendous he's job one of it. my he's probably one of my favorite actors in the last 10 years
3: yeah. um
1: he he has
2: he 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 has this he has this presence that is like um
1: Is that's on screen that is, is, is he has this very commanding presence, but his he, he and he's done he's done brilliant work as a supporting he's basically been a supporting character. He really hasn't had his he hasn't really had his time to shine in the sun. Um but yeah, um Helen was such a good show. Uh, Colm yeah. Colm Meany is, oh is probably God. one of the like the all-time villains <laughs> that nobody fucking knows or cares about. Yeah, oh I agree. He, he plays such a good
0: fucking bad guy. He, he was and there was, you know there were there were a few bad guys on that show. I mean, there was him, he was kind of like this calculating, um, you know, it wasn't the violent, but then you had the Swede. Mm-hmm. And the Swede was just damn crazy. The Swede was nuts. Fucking psychotic, dude. Oh yeah. man. The, um yeah, and
1: Anson Mount is probably um, probably one of the most underrated main characters.
0: What, a, yeah, what a job he did on that, yeah. uh as well. He played Colin Buchanan on there. Um, it was Bohannon. 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 Yep. Bohannon. I'm sorry, I said Buchanan. Bohannon. Yes. Bohannon. Uh, but there was just uh, a lot of good history. A lot of it was, um, you know, they had the uh, yeah. It just to me. uh that was the best show i've seen since the sopranos i i i i could not get enough of that show um so that was my answer on that all right
2: um the, you know yeah. who's a really good
1: character you know who's a really great actor that's from that show who and he's he's also he plays this 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 anti-hero a little bit in a lot of roles and he he's Oh man, he he's been he's been a he's been an interesting character actor for a long time Just Tom Noonan he plays Oh the he
0: was he was the rev. He was a yeah, yeah. Reverend Cole. Reverend so, Cole. Oh he was yeah. what a great character he was on that show yeah. too.
1: Tom Noonan is really is a really beautiful actor. Yeah. Uh yeah. he uh, so if you ever want to play if you the you're you probably hate the fucking film because like it's just like this really terrible throwaway gangster yeah. flick with just a bunch of like Of really popular people that were like the it it was clearly like a payday for like everybody involved with the with the with the project but the movie knock around guys okay ben diesel barry pepper dennis hopper's in it john malkovich who does a fucking full new york accent yeah the worst new york accent in Hollywood history is John Malkovich and John. I have a lot of respect for John Malkovich. I think he's a fantastic actor. That is a fucking terrible role. That movie is so goddamn awful that it's good. Seth Green's in it, but Tom Noonan is the sheriff of the small town in Montana in that film. And he's fucking great. He goes toe to toe with like all these A-list actors who are just there for the fucking paycheck and he's just he's just lights the screen on fire. He's so fucking good. I, I Tom Noonan's the shit, dude. That's he, that's he great.
0: Was, he was fantastic on Hell on Wheels too. He really was.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, very key character is Reverend Cole.
2: Um, there's another person too. Um. Um. Uh. God. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna IMDb it. I forgot his name. It's uh it's
1: I think it's Eddie Spears, right? Plays. He, uh, he was the uh, chief. He was the chief. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So he was, uh, chief Noonan, yeah.
0: He was a chief Joseph Noonan. Yeah. Black Black Moon, right? Black Moon. Yeah. 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 yeah he, he. Yeah. He does a I really know. No. Yeah. Chief Black Moon. Yeah. Yeah. He does a good job. Um. Yeah,
1: yep. Yeah. The, the fucking great cast, dude. I'm looking at it now. Yeah. Just want to make we're, sure I didn't miss anybody. That's a great. That's a great show.
0: I wish it would have went on. I wish they would have found a way to make it go on, but. They ended it when the road was completed. I didn't like the ending of the show, by the way. I thought the ending was terrible, but uh, it's hard to end the show sometimes. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Two more questions before we wrap up. Most important historical event. And I said in the world, but if you want to say U.S., that's fine, too. Most important historical event in the last 13 years. So dating back to 2010. 2010. Can't be anything before 2010.
2: It's the pandemic, dude. It's the, that's the answer. You, it, it's it's. It,
1: an, it. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, it wasn't
0: my answer, it's, but I. That's a good answer. I. It's I, the. I,
1: it's global impact. I mean, shit. I mean, yeah. you could say the Boston Marathon bombing. Um. You could say the 2016 presidential election. You could say the 2020 presidential election. I said January.
0: Matter. I had January sixth, for mine. January sixth. Yeah, I think it really, I mean, it was the closest we had to a revolution in this country. Yeah. I mean, it was, but I can't argue the pandemic. That's a That's a very good one. I, I think I was thinking, that's why I, when I said U.S., but it could be, you would argue that for the U.S. as well. Yeah, I can't argue. I can't argue the pandemic. I had, but January 6th is going well, January, to January. have. Uh,
1: well, yeah, if you, I mean, if you want to make the, if you want to make the, 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 the historical cultural argument. I yeah, mean
0: it's got kind of ramifications for years to come.
1: There to come. were well there were actually pivotal historical points during the pandemic that transcended the pandemic, you know, the the George Floyd murder, right? Yeah. was one of those that spawned the right. uh, or revitalized the Black Lives Matter movement. Yep. You could say January 6th obviously like like yeah. people forgot about masks and they forgot about vaccines and they forgot about everything else and it yeah. was holy shit like we almost fucking had a revolution. Yeah. So yeah, I mean in a lot of ways it transcended the the pandemic. Uh, yeah, well. yeah.
0: I mean, but I can see the I mean, but the pandemic was a globe. It affected every person in the world. So it, that's why I'm like, I can't really argue that one. Uh, I had January 6 in my head. But but yeah, I should have. I just wasn't thinking pandemic for whatever reason.
1: No, I'm going to give you some credit here. Coop. Like I said, there were there were pivotal moments of history during the pandemic that transcended the pandemic. So uh, and that's obviously that's obviously the most important one. So yeah.
0: It's been a crazy fucking 13 years, man. It has, it has, definitely has, man. But let's go back to cigars to wrap this up. Now you can't answer this entirely. You can only do it for part of the de- uh, part of the 13 years. Best IPCPR slash PCA trade show.
2: What's the criteria?
0: How do you how How you think how how whatever you want to say came about? That was a great trade show. 2021. We come out of the pandemic.
1: People are back together. Yeah. The vibe is so positive. Everybody's, you know, you know, everybody who's there wants to be there and is glad to be there. And it, it 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 was imperfect, but it was gloriously imperfect. And It shaped what would become the next couple of years. Of that, it carried it carried the torch of feathers. What we saw, what I saw, it was still magical for me. Right, 2018 was my first trade show. It it's it was everything that I wanted the trade show to be for me. It was it was it was wonderful. It'll always be. It'll always hold a place in my heart. 2019 is still as magical it was for me. Like everybody fucking hated being there, man. It was such a buzzkill.
0: It was that was the worst by far, and cigar and, con killed that.
1: And so, but 2021 was the was the resurrection, man. It was the no, this this trade show matters. And it doesn't have to have the big four. It doesn't have to have the the you know the stigma of the weight of cigar con in it. It doesn't have to be these the cigar city that we that we fell in love with, right? It doesn't have to be all those things. It can simply just exist and be there. And it could still be impactful, beautiful,
0: important. And yeah, so twenty twenty one for me. All right. So the answers for mine are pre, pre you going to the trade sure. show, but I struggled with this one. Okay. It's t- what twelve? So my answer is the best The you know, is I think 12 was the best trade show in terms of products coming out. Um, it was a big, big trade show. Okay. So let me just kind of give you a, uh, but the problem is Orlando people didn't like it, right? But but you look at impactful releases. Let me, I'm just gonna rattle off some of the releases that came out that year. The EP Carol Inch comes out that year. Um, the Laura Orsinano's uh Maduro, but the more important the Preferidos Diamond is the other one that comes out that year. The uh Foundry comes out that year. Like I know it was a bust, but it was a big deal when when at Foundry, the time, yeah. No, at the time when, yeah. when, when Foundry yeah. came out. Um there was a Papa's Fritas comes out that year from Drew Estate. Uh, Rocky Patel comes out with like eight, eight or nine releases, right? 2013, in my opinion, was the best vibe I had at a trade show. Went back to Vegas, and David of Nicaragua was there, but a lot of the releases that came out in 2013 went bust. That's the problem I had with it, right? So, like, yeah, Davidoff Nicaragua was a, a great uh, thing, but then there was these, there were just some things that missed. Like, remember Christoph gallaronis Yeah. That was, that, that falls apart, right? Um, so that one doesn't make it much. Um, there was, yeah, there wasn't really anything else that stood out to me. Uh, CLE launched that year. I mean, that was the other highlight. I would say that was the launch of CLE. CLE but there was yeah. But there were a lot of releases. That just in my opinion, Leflore had a huge trade show in 2012. They had one of the biggest. That's when Chapter One came out. Chapter One, yeah. Oh, did I say 12? Uh, I meant 13. I'm sorry, 13. Yeah, the, Chapter One comes out in 13. Uh, they came out with the uh, Last Limitado comes out that year with it. But uh, in general. I think the problem is a lot of the foundry stuff really went bust that's when they expanded foundry that went bust that year rocky comes out with a bunch of stuff that's off the market you know like the freedom and
1: but that's that's like the that's the apex of that's the apex of rocky doing being rocky patel though
0: well i think he, and i think now rocky has he's got it down right he knows he focuses on one big release one secondary release uh and maybe a third secondary release right or tertiary release, but you know, he focuses on one big thing. Last year it was Edge, uh the Edge twentieth anniversary. This year it was the Conviction. The uh two years ago it was the Rocky sixty. And then you know, Rocky Sixty comes out and White Label and Disciple comes out that same year, right? Which I think over got overshadowed by it. Um last year he does the Edge, but I think the DBS was the better cigar. Uh and I guarantee you this year Dark Star is gonna probably be more popular than conviction because of the price point. So
1: yeah, I was gonna say I think it's just yeah, reach at that point, but
0: yeah. So uh there were a few others, like remember Royal Gold Cigars came out in 2013. Yeah. So that was uh that was the year that was when Swisher tried to create their own brands. Uh so Swisher was exhibiting their own brand and they were working with different factories. Um they come out that year. Uh Syndicato comes out that year. They go that never worked out. Um, so there was a lot of stuff that you know Tarano did some stuff, and they did that Exodus Finite, which was the best one of the best cigars they did, and they, they ended yes. up going. They're gone a year later. So I think 13 uh had more busts, but 2012 had better releases, in my opinion. Uh if we had to say the best one I've been to with you, um, it probably was this year. It was probably this year's. If I said the best one, I was with you. It's this year, followed by that 2021, which had an intent. Like, to, to not diminish your answer, there was a very, very, there was a ver- that was a very warm trade show in terms of everyone wanted to be back there. Um, and what I like about that is PCA is built on that every year. You know, three years, four years ago, people were talking about if there would ever be another PCA trade show again. Yeah, they're not, they're not doing that anymore. So, mm-hmm. the conversation's moot. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and that's why 2021 is so pivotal for me. Like, that's yeah, I why. think
0: I don't think I don't think you had to have 2021 to have the success of the last two years. You had to get that trade show back. They got it back. They and they had a they had a, and, and look, you would agree that 2021 was a better trade show than 2019, even though 2019 had more people. Thousand percent. Holy. I mean, cow, but man. but 2021 the had cow. the had the minimalist booze and stuff. But it's we all came out at the matter. We all felt everything was going in the right direction. It It didn't matter. It it didn't matter. Well, if if, yeah, it didn't. And this
2: this listen like the.
1: And a lot of guys are still in place, you know, on the board and stuff that were around in 17, 18, 19 and stuff. But Uh the the from 2014 to 19, like the the trade shows. waned in popularity and in impact and i mean big retail this is the this is the high this is the hiatus of some big players man abe debabner wasn't going to these shows grafalo was still going but he was going as a as a different piece other just a lot of big players weren't going to the trade show anymore yeah. during that time yeah and it and now, fast forward. Like I, I, I did. I had the distinct impression, and Abe can feel free to contradict me, but I they have the distinct impression that Abe will probably never will for the foreseeable future will not miss a trade show.
0: No, I don't think he will either. I don't think he will. Someone, you know, Sean mentioned Sean had a couple of comments here. Uh, he talked about Abe founding Smoking Social. I don't think we could dispute what Abe has done uh, in the community aspects uh from a retail standpoint over the past when was years. the first great smoke? Oh I was you go back to two thousand six or seven.
1: Yeah I was gonna say that's pre that's pre but no but he's time.
0: talking about the smoke social the the you know the community he's built. Sure. Uh, he, he's built a great community. They built a lot of um you know the clubs they've built they've they've done a I mean as a retailer no one's done the community being better than Smoke In. Uh Great Smoke has gone to the next level. Now I disagree uh, Sean's saying Agonars I I don't agree with that one at all. Uh, I think Terrence. I did did, it, there was a, a flash.
1: There was a flash in the fucking pan, man. When they did the rebrand, they were they were untouchable, man. They that was put, that was that was some fucking hot shit, man. That you know,
0: was, when you go and come out with you rebrand the Louis that's a year and a half into the market. I got questions. Um, you know, yeah. that, now I'm talking about the rare the rare leaf. But just, let's go now, back to the trade
1: show. Let's go back to the trade show. There's something yeah, I
0: really want to hit on. It, the what I was talking
1: about, and I know some of the leaders are still there, so I don't want to be disparaging of leadership during the fourteen to nineteen era. But there is there's one distinct difference that exists. Now he was around in eighteen and nineteen, but Scott Scott Pierce, is not single-handedly and I, I he would probably beat me for for saying that but Scott Pierce has led the PCA into this new era and this new direction like nobody had anticipated again to your point three years ago people were saying is there going to be another trade show that is off the table now and not only that we're talking about we're talking about bigger and better different venues different cities. You know, our our arguments aside about New Orleans, Coop, yep. like that, what he he and his team have done amidst a fucking pandemic, yep. it's 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 incredible. And again, I know a lot of the senior leadership on the board is still there, and 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 they're not. To, I'm not trying to be disparaging by any stretch, because, but there's been. A breath of life shot into this organization yeah and the the underlying denominator is a Scott Pierce as the executive director yeah and that's not taken away from Josh and his work Glenn is now on board. Yep. you know Ryan has done a terrific job. The new team, you know, Antoine and Lisa. I Aaron, know Aaron's no longer with the organization, but what she did during the pandemic, what the board, Greg Zimmerman's probably one of the best presidents. Oh, that i was going to say he is the, probably one of the best presidents we've seen. Again, he is the best president. Not to take see. away from, not to take away from John Anderson, who I thought did a terrific job through the I, pandemic. I, I
0: didn't think he did a good job, but but that's okay. me. But that's because that, that, of Khan, that, That's why. Again, like. But yeah. he,
1: I mean, he he, uh, yeah. man. There's so many. I think so. John Anderson reminds me a lot of George W. Bush. Here's my comparison. You ready right. for this? Uh-huh. George W. Bush was going to his presidency, better or worse, good or bad, was going to be earmarked. And the the thing on George W. Bush's epitaph is always going to be 9 11. His reaction to 9 11 was going to forever, for, forever, forever seal his fate in history. And John Anderson has COVID, unfortunately, in that same position for him. He you did, can say it's cigar con or not, whatever. Oh. CigarCon's a footnote in that, not a footnote, but a okay. se- it's a secondary point to John Anderson's, uh, um, tenure or term, rather. Excuse tenure term, and it's. I think it's. I think it's. I would like a redo. So okay. <laughs> So uh, yeah. I think
0: I think it could have been a lot different. So I, I agree. I think Greg Zimmerman has been the best president we've had. I, and by the way, I have a lot of confidence in Scott Reginer after just briefly talking to him at the media conference. Uh, well, and,
1: just, and and Scott's been a part of this right for this. This yeah. is what I'm talking about. Scott's and, and Scott's. Scott's a little probably Scott's probably the youngest president we've
0: had, you know, yeah, in a while. Yeah, I want to for- say. I want to give Craig Cass his his due here. He did a great job. The problem with Craig Cass is yeah. he came in at the point when we were at the dark, like the FDA. He came in at horrible, but he did lead this organization through a so, very dark period.
1: Yeah, and so I, Craig, yeah, so Craig's year marked by yeah. the FDA. But, yeah, so like, yeah, yeah. Right. but I mean,
0: but here's where I fault John Anderson, and I like John Anderson. He's a good man. He's a great retailer. He he's was around long enough to know that cigar con should not have been attempted. And so all those people were on the board back into these guys. He was on the board 2013 when they tried it and no <laughs> one stopped. No one, they, they. no one educated anyone on how much of a divisive factor this was going to be. They were unprepared for that. And uh, that's why I kind of unfortunately, I, I always associate CigarCon debacle with him. And then the answers he gave afterwards uh, on why they retreated were just not transparent to me and uh i i can't lessons learned that. though man
1: lessons learned like they're they're the pca is more tra- to your point is more transparent than it's ever
0: true they it's true and i think they they learn they're they're uh, more open think,
1: back than ever they're they are more agile than ever yeah i they, I, they do I, not need to retreat back in the hole that's the problem yeah. they need to continue to continue to propel forward I, I would
0: have also given Greg a term, but but I understand the bylaws of the bylaws, <laughs> right? But uh, you know, and, and he's that's why they have the emeritus position. And he's still gonna be yep. involved with that. But yeah, I, I can't say enough about um Greg. Um one guy I would have I've never interviewed him. I know you did a great interview with him and great interview. Uh, yeah, he is he's a great he, interview. I'm not patting yeah, myself I on met, the back. He's well, a great we, remember we met him at the Davidoff trip. Yeah, and he was on the board at the, and he was just we hit it off with him and in my opinion yeah he is uh, he will go down as the greatest president over the last 13 I, years
1: he he doesn't remember he, he he and he even apologized to me I had a great conversation with him on that Davidoff trip and I when I heard he was going to be president I was so fucking excited um, yeah. I had such a great conversation with him down at Davidoff yeah. he said like he, he uh I mean, he he said he re- remembered, but didn't remember some of the talking points. So, I mean, he, he'd slept since then, so it was fine. Yeah, yeah. No, um, I mean, you were newer.
0: You were a newer scene on scene, even. Yeah, back
1: exactly. Ago. So, like, oh. I I don't. It's not a. This isn't. A, yeah. Not no, a take I would No, no, he. Uh... Um, but he, I was so elated, and I was so. It was such a. It was such a great and interesting conversation. His perspectives, inter perspectives, and perspectives were so refreshing. Yep. And they saw he he foresaw a lot of things that came to fruition. And he saw solutions to problems that hadn't yet developed. And it was remarkable the foresight that he had from that conversation. It was incredible.
0: Yeah, no, he's he listens. I like Greg is a good listener. Um I'll, I'll throw another audible out as long as we're here. Best cigar influencer of the last thirteen years. Best cigar influencer. Inf- true, like like one of these true influencer characters, who influences not necessarily like what I do. You know the social media influencers, if you want to
2: say. Is there one? <laughs> yeah, I'm not trying to be disparaging. I'm trying to think of. There there are ones that I follow that I think are great. Um, it could be anywhere. It depends on how you characterize this individual, right? I know you've had your
1: run-ins with him. Uh-huh. And we don't have to go down that rabbit hole. Would you say that Kevin's an influencer or would you say that he's a member of the media?
0: He's an influencer. And, he, and, and I have had my – we're on good terms – uh, but he has done he wouldn't be my number one choice, but he has done uh he is yeah, done. I think, something. Yeah. Yeah. I think if he,
1: it, he, it, yeah. He 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 straddles the line, right? It's a it's a yeah. it's a, it's a it's a thin walking point. I think yeah, I, I if it's not Kevin Shahan of Cigar Prop, that's who we're talking about. I just mentioned him by first name. Yeah, he's
0: done ago. a good job. You can't say he hasn't I, done a good job. He's done a good job. Yeah, what he the community
1: he's built, the the brand that he's built. Right. if we're talking again, we're just talking about influence, right? So I think that's I think I, I think it's really hard to to sway that. Again, he's not. No, we can't go down that road because he's not an influencer. Um, I'm. was thinking about somebody else. I'm not talking about Kevin anymore. Um, but Kevin, again, it's it's a it's a thin line, right? Because he's also a. I mean, he has the line of products too. Like he. he but he that's, just, yeah, so. but I
0: mean, Dojo sells products too. I mean, so Dave yeah. Garofalo sells products. Yeah, I mean, so um i I get it i mean a couple of
1: my i mean a couple of my favorite that i i I love to follow um um i think like remarkable liz out of new york she's got her own brand now um i think you know she does a lot of stuff with like the sotl movement and um she's done i think someone who utilized she's not an influencer but um um but um she catapulted her brand through an influencer style of campaign. That's Leo of Nova Cigar. I think that I think that yeah. was pretty pretty impressive what she did in a short amount of time. Um, I I, I love uh, I love following Rojo Corojo. I think she does probably the most interesting work. From um, I'm I'm I'm. I'm Spoke with her uh, quite a bit at this year's trade show because I just, I'm fascinated by the way she does like editing cuts for videos that she does. Right. Um, and I think she's got an incredible amount of talent for it.
2: Um, um, and she's a retailer too. So like
0: she, she knows her shit, which is great. Uh-huh. Um, it's an interesting question. Um, yeah, I-, I have one. You haven't named this person, but I have one. Yeah, go for it. Delicia. Vixen. By far. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It, yeah. I mean, Yo, she's, that, obviously, she took some time off with the family yeah. and stuff.
1: But uh, what she's I like, mean, Kevin, right? She kind of straddles that line. It's very thin
0: because she does interviews and things like that. But, but yeah, she's I mean, been, but for, she's been sought out companies have work with her. Yeah. Very, you know, and, uh, you know, she's done a very professional job, I think, in a lot of cases. Um yeah, I would probably put because I I don't consider Delicia media, I consider her influencer. Yeah. Um, so I would probably say Delicia would be the one. She's had a huge impact uh and has done a good job for female cigar smokers. So uh,
1: yeah, as Sean brought up a good point. Delicia's been doing it before it was cool. Yeah. She's an influencer before exactly. She was an influencer exactly. before an influencer
4: was a was a yeah. word.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, so I don't. Know, I just thought of that one to throw in at the end. It was like an interesting one, uh, for sure. All right. Um,
2: anything else? I got. There? I got. I got. I got one for you. Okay. What is what is,
1: in the last thirteen years? What was the what was the cigar that you thought was going to be around
2: and make was going to be was going to be a cigar for the ages That died
1: I'm thinking like when you think about this In in historical retrospect Think Tony Bahani and think Bahia
0: That kind of level I got one and it stands out And I think they just They, they saturated their portfolio La Polina El Diario Which I think they've kind of Rebranded as the KB now lately The Kill Bill but La Polina El Diario Was a cigar of the year for me a regular production cigar, it was a it was a great offering. It was in that ten, it was like in around a around ten dollar price point. I thought that was going to carry La Polina for. I thought that was going to be their, their their core line for for decades to come, and it didn't make it. They, they then they started doing classic, and then they started doing you know throwing Mr. Sam's in. Then they started, you know, all this other nonsense comes out from. I think they're starting to get back on track the last few years. But yeah, El Diario, El Diario should have been. And I've had conversations with people in the industry about El Diario. It was coming out of racist Cubanas. And it was a, a lot of people like that cigar. That's the one that should have been, in my opinion, a, a cigar that should carry them for the next few decades. And it didn't.
2: Mm. How about you? Yeah,
1: I,
0: it, I, 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 I mean, it's a cop out answer. It, it is. It's the answer. Laplain is the answer. Laplain is the answer on that one. I think. I, I, um, honestly, um, that's the one I, I would say. Um, Dude, La la, la of black was and red were too I, much. I have an, I have another one. There's another one. So There's good. another one. And you're gonna agree with this one. You and I have talked about this one. Cardinal. Oh God, that's such a travesty. Cardinal. Oh shit, man. How does? Yeah, that's the other one. Because Cardinal was so good. The only way I gave it to Lapulina was a cigar of the year, and it was selling well for a while, right? It was doing well, but Cardinal, yeah, Cardinal's the other one. Mm. That Cardinal should be. We should be. We when Cardinal came out, I'm like. I said, this again. I thought that's going to be around for decades. I mean, I thought this was going to be taking them in both
1: the the flagship for EP career, right? Even
0: the flagship, yeah. Uh, I I don't. I think the problem is the branding was bad on it. It competed with the core line, and then La Historia came and kind of put the nail in the coffin. But yeah, I Um, mean, in
1: in in retrospect, from from it was a good move, right? A lot of story has been just like it's hands down to taking EPC the new heights, man. So yeah. I, they as much as it hurts for you and I because we love that cigar so yeah. fucking much, it I mean they made the right call because those those cigars have just, just put put him on the map as he should be.
0: Uh, yeah. I mean if I had to go all famer uh,
1: He's the godfather of boutique cigars, man. That's yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, the other one that comes to mind and is Mondial. Mundiál kind of didn't make it. That one hurt so much. That one hurt. It was a good one. Here's
1: your chance, Justin
0: Andrews. You're listening. You listening, and, Justin? Hey, and, and Justin. Here's your golden Bring opportunity. Moon,
1: Moon, Mundiál. Bring it back and don't fuck it up.
0: Yep. Don't fuck it up, Justin. Uh, yeah. I I would agree on that one. Um.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah that would be the other thing. <laughs> the other one no, I can't put that in that category. It's still around yeah are there anything is there anything that that you're surprised is still around um
0: Four kicks, I just didn't get it. But that's a personal You're, thing. That cigar, people like that cigar. So that cigar's that.
1: so good, dude. You're wrong.
0: <laughs> I'm not, that's not like I'm a crown head. I just never liked that cigar.
1: Well, here, here's the thing that we you feel about four kicks is the way I feel about Las Marías. Everyone loves Las Marías. I, I I did did hit my palate, man. It yeah. It and I, it, and, and it kills me because I know John has a love affair with that cigar. I mean, he loves that blend so much and i just it it pains me to say that it just didn't hit my palate you know it just pains
2: me i uh, just get it
0: yes yeah, surprise it's still around i'm just going down my list here um let's see some scores that were pretty lame that i gave um oh, that's gone like a lot of the ones like it's funny a lot of low scoring ones are gone well, um, so I guess you
2: were right then, huh?
0: Um,
4: let's see. No.
2: I, I we we mentioned them briefly, like we were talking about it, but like I think the like the
1: emergence of Roma Craft, you know, Nica Sueno, the emergence of Oveja Negra, um, you know, like we've said, Cavalier of Geneva. Like these, 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 that's the next, it's the next, it's the next, next one. Yeah. Generation, like, right? Like a couple like of, yeah. James James Brown, Ian Reith, Sebastian D. Coupe, Rainier Lorenzo, those guys.
0: Yeah, it was, um, it's funny because a lot of the ones I'm looking at on my list here, like, like Ortega, Serie D was a dud. I know a lot of people like that one.
1: I would have bet you, okay, no, this is funny, right? Because if I've given Espinosa, like, two number one cigars for my list, right? And I've Hector blends some of, like, the perfect cigars for my palate, right? And I fucking love Espinosa, right? So it's funny, right? At the beginning, at the beginning of that story, I would have fucking bet you everything that I had in my bank account that Eddie would have made it and Eric wouldn't have.
0: Damn, oh, was I, I wrong? I know a lot of people who thought that, too. Oh, Holy shit! Was I wrong? Yeah, like I'll, I got one.
1: I I, I I thought they would have been both been fine. Like I thought they were both gonna make it. But if you had said, "Hey, one's gotta make it, and one's not," and be like, "Oh, it's Eddie Ortega. He's the I, one that's gonna make it." I like, got
0: one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but God, yeah, would yeah. I have
1: been wrong? Holy shit! I would have lost yeah. a lot of money.
0: <laughs> you just
2: made shame me on, shame on shame,
0: shame on me, man. Shame on me. <laughs> La Granaferta by my father. That cigar is fucking terrible. I, I, I look, and they're having a great. Part of me wants to go back and smoke it to see if the tobacco's gotten better in it. But that was a terrible cigar. And look, my father's had Opulence, great, La
1: Palencia is better. Not much. La, La Promesa. La Promesa is better.
0: I didn't like La Promesa either, but I would H2K, say HUKCT
1: uh, is better. Yeah, and I'm sorry. I just look, ca- I can't I can't do it. But man. We
0: love the Garcia cigars, but I, I gotta say that. That um, oh
1: that was the biggest miss, dude. That was no, the it was a miss. big miss oh. in their
0: portfolio. There was no question in my mind that that
4: one. And up. you
1: know I don't like you know I don't like the judge, and that's how bad look Granaforto is, for me. Yeah, I, but man, everything since then is fucking firing, man. Oh my god, the 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 hundred años.
0: Yeah, <sighs> hundred años one of the great cigars we've seen. Um, yeah, mm. so. Uh, yeah, I'm like, uh, yeah, the
2: um, yeah, like a lot of ones I'm
0: looking at are gone, like so. Uh, it's just, uh, did we ever do a show on lost brands? No, but I think we just did. (laughs) I got, I got a, there's a a couple companies I'm looking at this list, we should probably. Uh, probably pretty pretty good. Oh, oh, the CAO
1: nasty. Nutcrack. Well, the, like, like around, at right? the time, at the time, right? You know, at the time, it was like the it was probably uh, outside of like the the Sam Lucia story. Like at the time, right? Now we have we have its beautiful Renaissance, right? In yeah. Otego. yeah. But at the time that Nat Sherman disappearing was. Was yeah. just so fucking sad. <laughs>
0: is CAO Nicaragua still around? I don't think so. That's okay. I, I I don't know if it is, but I got to put like nasty Nutcracker by CAO on. That was a terrible cigar. Um, that was an awful awful cigar. I don't even know what else I could say about that. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, that's uh. The yeah, those were terrible. Oh uh, yeah. Um.
0: Oh, Syndicato Hex. I think that's still around. That was awful, awful cigar. Syndicato Hex. They were, like I took my son to Corona for the first time. They would give them away for free. I said, and he says, "Oh, because he was gonna have his first cigar." He says, "Get that." I'm like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to turn him off I said you'll be turned off For of cigars forever So he had a St. San, San Cristobal instead uh, But yeah That was a, that was God that was awful That cigar There's another My father's cigar There you go yeah.
2: uh, right. uh, Anything else? I think we beat this one No too. No 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 It was
1: good uh, happy, right. happy anniversary Coop Thank you very years, much man. Thank you. 13 years man 13 years Thirteen years of some of the thirteen years of the best coverage, some of the best reviews. Coop, I meant what I said earlier. For a majority of your illustrious thirteen years in this industry, you did it by yourself. A lot of it you still do by yourself. And it's a it is a privilege and it is an honor. To be part of the team that, that we get to be a part of. And Cooper, you've, you've done this so much on so much by yourself and you're, you're so humble and people, people recognize what I'll echo what was kind of Matt was saying earlier in the, in the show, people recognize that you care. And and you have a you have an infectious love for this industry and for cigars and for its people um, and you cover it better than anybody else and i'll fucking say it yeah my homer sure but for what you do the limited resources that you have um it's it's incredible to work with you. It's incredible to see what you've done in 13 years. Congratulations. You, it
0: means a lot. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thanks for all the nice comments to, uh, in the chat. I'm seeing that as well. I really appreciate those a great deal. Um, don't take it for granted here. Uh, you know, we have a great team here now. Um, you know, if we have actually seven people on the team, if you count my wife, who does a lot of the proofreading and the business management, um, uh, you know, so uh, everyone everyone gets a, – uh, a, no participation trophies here. <laughs> I'll, that's how I want to end that. That's how I'm going to end that. We don't need participation trophies here because we win as a team. And I'm just like, when we – we delivered out of the trade show this year to get to we were number one this year. Maybe not number one in hits and views. We had a lot of hits and views. Maybe not number one but we were number one in, in our delivery of the content for sure. I, I no one touched us this year. I know a lot of good people did coverage and they're great, but we were we were the top. Of, I've never said that before either. Uh I think the last couple of years we were certainly up among the best since obviously since we but this year we 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 took it to the next level. So I'm very proud of this team. Um and uh stay tuned i mean we'll uh hopefully we'll be, we'll be having another one of the we'll have another one of these next year uh but hopefully in uh 2036 we'll be doing the 26th year anniversary of this uh or 20 did i say 20 yeah 2036 that's correct yeah
2: let's do it yeah
0: that wasn't a shot at allen i'll just say that That wasn't a shot at allen J. so but it was a shot. <laughs> so we'll leave Let's down. call it.
1: Let's call it, man. Let's call yeah. it.
0: All right. All right. So uh, wrapping up um, Thursday night, primetime episode 279. Dan Thompson, Mickey Pegg. We got them. We're going to be talking about this whole deal at McAuliffe and All Saints. Uh, we big are. Yeah, it's going to be a big story. Uh, we have Philadelphia and Dallas. We're going to have a little bit of a rivalry going on with that as well. So stay tuned on that. Uh next Monday, Jukebox Dave Burke who took a couple of well-deserved weeks off is back. Uh we are doing a really cool show. Um actors who became singers and singers who became actors. Uh right. so, yeah, so Common. Uh, common. Yeah. Common. Common should be on the list. I, you know, we're I, just I, talking I, about him. Yeah, Common. How do I have not have Common on my list? Yeah, Common should be on that list. Uh so yeah, we'll be doing that and as far as special edition uh, we'll be planning at the next show, so stay tuned. Uh, I will tell you next month we're gonna have Glenn and Josh on in, in September, so that will be coming up as well. But as far as the next show, just stay tuned to social media. Uh, as far as that goes, Barrett, thank you very much. Thanks to our audience as well. Uh, 13 years. It's it's because of all you guys. Um, we appreciate it. Stay tuned. We'll have the contest coming up Friday. Uh, we'll be closing out the Humidor contest. I I, I, I don't want to end this on a bad note, but I got to. Okay. If you're trying to enter the contest twice, your IP address is going to give it away. Don't enter it twice. <laughs> because I've caught a few people. Or, you can enter it twice if you watch the video, okay? And you can but don't don't put another address in. I've nailed a few of these already. I don't want to be that guy, okay? So, um please don't I mean, it's fun for everybody. All you got to do, you know, is to go to the Coup page, enter it in. Uh we'll be Closing out the contest Friday night. And then the next couple days, I got to validate the entries. Okay. I want to be fair for everybody. And then uh I'll Is probably put- help you. Oh,
1: you got to validate. Is Terrence going to
4: help you?
0: Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that we be uh, it's a quality importers deal, but, uh, but yeah, and then we'll pick the winner and, uh and everyone should have not- been notified who won the revolution and the area humidors. Uh, so I can't thank Michael Giordano and Joe grow enough for that. So, yeah. But but please, one entry per person with the contest. Your IP address does show up in the comments, so uh, I don't want to have to be the guy. So, I've messaged a couple people already just so you know, and I think they were understanding. So, uh, let's just kind of go with that. I don't want to end on a bad note, but want to make the contest fun for everybody. So, um, But that's going to do it, Bear. Uh, that's going to do it with the audience. That wraps up Primetime Special Edition 145 into the Annals of History for Tuesday. August 15th, 2023. Now, Wednesday, August 16th in the Eastern Time Zone. We did not go four hours. We'll see everybody next time. Take care. Everybody. We'll see you
2: next time, everybody. 13 years. You that